Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in New Jersey, almost at the end of a lockdown, so it seems. Joined, as always, by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? Not much. Going all right. Things are pretty much yeah. back to normal here. Just got back That's from cool. shopping. There's people outside walking around. No one's wearing Rack. masks. There's only oh, one hmm. active case of coronavirus in New Zealand right now. So there's one person left who has the virus. Everyone else is either healed from it or the sad 20 people who have lost their lives. So, so you put that person away. You ship them out of there. You send them yeah, to so the basically, out to the, the river. minute that that person is is cured of or has no longer has symptoms of the virus for the most part there are no active cases in new zealand we've had seven straight days of no cases so coronavirus is pretty much beaten here it's done we're back to normal Good work. we're walking around we're eating we're all crowding each other we're spitting and coughing on each other it's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well we're not we uh i mean in some states i think it's business as usual um new york we're um we're, New York City is going to officially start moving into the first phase of lifting the lockdown um, next week. So that means really not much different other than stores can now open for curbside pickup, which I feel like has been the case from the jump. But that's going to happen. Construction workers can go back to it and some other essential work. But do you think people probably are going not to, myself? Yeah. Do you think people are going to like hesitate a bit and wait? Yeah, well, you can't do York. anything anyway. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, and I'm, I'm asking the... whether or not people are going to run out and do like they did in New Zealand and wait for... I mean, the thing is, like, fast food and stuff never closed in the States, so it's a little different, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. They, I don't know. They might. I, I think what people are going to crave the most in New York is going out to bars and restaurants. And the question is, how long will it take before people flock to those? Because I'll tell you what, when they say, give me the go on restaurants, oh, my God. I'm getting some good sushi. That's what I'm going to do. That's the thing you're missing, huh? Well, no, I'm, I'm asking. It's not a certain levels. I guess if I'm thinking of things I'm missing, yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely miss some great sushi. Haven't really, don't really have that out here. And like that udon place that I love that I would go to like maybe once every other week. I'd hit that place up. Okay. I'm just surprised you haven't tried. To, I mean, making sushi at home is a little difficult just because yeah. you have to sort of get fresh fish. Like the rice and stuff isn't difficult. It's more of like you got to make the warm the, sushi rice, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, sticky, the rice that sticks together. Yeah. But also it would be a an audience of one. It's not like with all these pancakes and French toast I'm making. Yeah. Everyone else is going to eat it. Yeah. Sure. I'm making it for the family. For me, right. no one else in this household eats uh, <laughs> right, sure, sushi. I'm with a very, you know, it's particular tastes. Which is ironic because when I grew up, I was the pickiest eater. I was a shitty eater as a kid. Which is which is really funny. I would have no one would have expected that. <laughs> yeah, if they know you well, now. But a lot of kids are. That's the thing. So I am def. I was a picky eater, and now the tables have turned on literally everyone in my family. They were like, "This is the kid who would only eat peanut butter." I don't know why I'm only my grandmother. I guess speaks for the entire family. When I <laughs> but you don't eat peanut butter. Or somebody else would be like, you don't eat tuna. That's what my my dad would say. It's like these are the these are the things. And now that I've expanded my horizons, I've put everybody else to shame. And um, so, what was just, the thing that what was the thing that that made your palate expand? Do you remember the moment? Was it like you was it going to college? Was it you just it was definitely to eat in college? That's, okay, 
probably watching the Food Network, but also um, just not being, uh, I guess, an ignorant, Child. ignorant <laughs> person. Yeah, it's like that's kind of Fair what enough. it comes down to, right? Like, there's two types of people when it comes to food, I think, and it's like either you've decided you don't like something before you try it, right, or you try it and then decide you don't, don't like, like it. it. Sure, you know, like there are things that I don't like. All right. Certain things I have not come around on and I'll, but I'll try it. I'll try anything. Right. Like, and, like my, and I do have That's a good question. Cause when I think of you, I don't necessarily think of things that you don't, I don't remember going somewhere and you being like, I'm not eating that. I refuse to eat that. Oh, I won't. I don't necessarily refuse to eat things. Um, but there's things that I'm not a huge fan of. So I'm not a fan of oddly enough. Cheeses don't do much for me. Yeah, I'm not, not I'm not big. Guy. You're not a dairy. I'm not, guy, not really. a big cheese guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dairy is probably a pretty good, Unless it's an ice cream, which yes, I'm, that's what I'm I mean. Like you'll eat sweets, but but it's yeah, not like I've never comes, seen you yeah. drink like a glass of milk, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, like exactly. I, but some people do. Yeah. Like I've like I've never seen you with like a breakfast order like a milk. I mean, because again, you're not a coffee person either, so I've never seen you order like a latte. And so you get like you know, no matter how much I try coffee, yeah. I've I've never acquired a taste for coffee. Yeah, when it comes down to like savory creams and cheeses and things people go ape shit for cheese and Absolutely. i never understood Absolutely. it i don't, I don't understand one of those it. people either and again i like salty before sweet though that's where me yeah. and you heavily differ is that i i will eat i will lick a box of salt before i you know <laughs> before i eat a box of sugar so yeah yeah so that that's probably my biggest thing where i'm like eh, you know if i see a creamy sauce or something like that or uh or cheese i'm like ah you know whatever i'll, I'll eat anything but that's sure. kind of whatever but it's not something that you're it's not the first thing you're going to grab on the menu yeah. yeah olives black olives that's you, funny like, i forgot that you you're not slip you you slip olives you slip like black olives in there as a surprise and it's like cancer <laughs> but it's but it's fine that's the thing like i'm coming around to it where yeah. i'm not like offended by it I don't know why you did that to me, but I'm I'll forgive you. I'm at that. Stage. Yeah, yeah, but and I love olives, olives just because of the saltiness of it. It's good. Yeah, like but olives. I did. I will say, and this is the other thing that'll push me over the edge. The place is like olives, green olives in like Israel and in Barcelona. Oh, you could eat those things like candy. They yeah, were those, awesome. those olives are like giant, juicy, like you know, big green grapes almost, like in size, yeah. right? Like those yeah, it changes your perspective on things. Yes. Yeah, it really changes. Yeah, like, your this is what an olive should actually look like when it grows in the Mediterranean. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. My favorite thing, which is uh, to say, is you know, and this this kind of was a good running joke. It's too bad Arlen's not here for this one, but hopefully she'll listen to it. Is uh, not not a big sausage guy. Oh, fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, like process, yeah, you know? process stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's okay. Like it's there, and I will say, like the the first meal I had in Ibiza was they served the sausage, and it was unbelievable. They served this thing. I think it also had like this this kind of honey served with it as well. Oh my god! It was. I need to go back to Ibiza just to go to this place. I will well, do that the, before it's the I Spanish die. Spanish tapas stuff. It was like un- yeah, like it's that real. level of sausage. Yeah. Well, they served this massive family style sausage, and it was unbelievable. The flavor it had like this kind of spice to it, and oh, oh, it was delicious. I'm salivating right now thinking about it. But yeah, generally. Otherwise, not a big sausage guy, uh, a BSG, if I may be so bold to say. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of it as far as my gaps in food. There might be other things here and there. I my grandmother, she was she was eating uh, salami or bologna, and she's like, "You don't like salami?" I'm like, eh, "You know, doesn't eh, 
Oh, yeah, no, so you're not longer. a big fan of like process, but again, that's another thing. I think it's just like salty stuff as well. Like you're just more of a sweets guy. True, but I, I like a good just, savory thing. Like, yeah, man, no, fair making, enough. But again, but if you had a choice, but if you had a choice, a little sweetness is. Now again, like, are you a fruit? And I think we've talked about this before, but like fruit and meat. I don't. I haven't eaten meat in a very long time, but that's the one thing that I just couldn't get. Like maybe lamb with mint, maybe, and even that I sort of grew out of. Um, lamb with mint. Like mint jelly on lamb. Mint jelly? Yeah, you've never heard of that. N- no. It's totally a thing. What is yeah, this? yeah, they serve they serve lamb chops with a side of mint and jelly. Huh. That's sounds... you've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. That's like a real common thing. Uh this was in States. This was probably when I was 16, 17, 18. You used to get lamb chops and then you get a little side thing of mint and jelly that you could sort of put the uh, lamb chop in. It was a bit of a mix of fruity and sweet and savory with your salty lamb chop. So yeah. interesting. I did. I did grill. Uh, I did grill some lamb chops a couple weeks back. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was awesome. The, the difference between Whole Foods and nearly everywhere else <laughs> It's just yeah. unbelievable. Like I got, I got lamb chops from a grocery store and they were fine. They were good. You know, I'm not going to say they were bad. And then I got lamb chops from Whole Foods and it was just like another level. Well, yeah, I mean, level. You, if you Granted, really I lamb paid chops, at another yeah. level, but holy shit, it was just unbelievable. Again, it's funny because I'm not a big lamb person, but the best lamb chops I've ever had, obviously, is going to be no surprise, is here in New Zealand. There's, there's lambs everywhere. <laughs> there's, there's sheep and lamb everywhere. So yeah, the best lamb chops I've best. ever had was like the they second the week best. I was here, and I was like, oh my god, like yeah, this is this is good. <laughs> so I think I had yeah, I, we had like the big lamb chop. Yeah, yeah, we got like it the wasn't a lamb chop. Thing. It was like lamb. It was like lamb. It was lamb with potatoes on the side, and yeah, we got it from the place that no longer exists. Sadly, oh, um, what was the name gosh. of that place? It was like it was like Lamarama or something like that. Like it had a name lamb. like that. Um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, I've been grilling like crazy, uh, making a lot of stuff. And there are things I have wanted to. So the thing I want to make that will because I made myself matcha pancakes and I knew it was just me who would eat those. Um, but now I want to make ube pancakes, which is the um, that's that purple sweet potato. So I can make purple <sighs> yeah. pancakes. Again, now, do I need to do a, this? No, no, you don't. No, absolutely not. But. I want to try it just to see if I could do it and to say that I made purple pancakes and to also gross out my family because they'd be like, ah, ah, again, my grandmother speaking for my entire family. <laughs> do you like this? Oh, gross. No way. I would never, never. I wouldn't do that on a bet. That's her line. She likes that line. Wouldn't do that on a bet. And I would love to challenge that. I want enough money where I could be like, hey, I'll give you $2,000 right now <laughs> if you eat if this. you eat one purple pancake. <laughs> one <laughs> can you get those sweet potatoes in the u.s can you get those in the states oh yeah oh i was in a grocery store and they had a bag of them and I was really like, okay huh. can i just buy two there are a dozen in this bag yeah oh, i was in okay. a wegmans wegmans sorry i i shit on a, every american grocery store i should apologize and i should apologize to wegmans specifically wegmans amazing whole foods amazing if you want the only difference between the two, if you want brand name stuff and just more shit in addition to all the good stuff, like some quality meats, you hit Wegmans. If you want to overpay for stuff and get the uh, organic bullshit stuff that Whole Foods loves to do, you go to Whole Foods. Otherwise, you go for the rest. You go to your shop rights. You go to your AMPs. Is AMP still a thing? 
No idea. I the best know. grocery store of all time, I've said this before, is Publix. If you say so. I'm gonna stand by. They don't that. exist. That's, that's it. They don't I exist know. here. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Exactly. Compare. This is when I live in. This is when I lived in Georgia. Publix is the best grocery store of all time. Just is. You get a public sub. It's the. I mean, they will load it up for you. It's great. It's absolutely great. I love it. Love Publix. Nice. Well, uh, to round out the food conversation, I should say that last weekend I made uh, orange pancakes. Okay. Um, are have you ever have you ever seen buttermilk? Yes, I have. Seen it? Where? In a grocery store? Have you used uh, it? In a grocery store. I have. I'm trying to remember the last time I used buttermilk. It's a while ago. I was making something. But yes, I have seen. I've bought buttermilk before. I I was making this recipe for orange pancakes. Okay. It required me to buy a zester so I could I know zest what I was doing. an orange. What were you doing? I was making fried. I was making like chicken cutlets. You need a buttermilk like you, for chicken cutlets? Yeah, yeah, like for the breading. Like when you, you soak it in you buttermilk and egg. then you put it inside of the bread. Nah, 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 Just use an egg. Nah, 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 If you want like real good like fried chicken, use buttermilk. And then you put the breading on that. So Interesting. Pro tip. Pro tip. Okay. Again, haven't had fried chicken in probably three, four years now, but yeah. Is that like a pro tip? Because the family recipe says egg. Yeah, but buttermilk, if you want that real nice like that a little bit not i don't want to say kfc because it's the wrong thing but like where it's got a little like a real serious fried chicken crunch to it the buttermilk buttermilk is the mm-hmm. base. like well, like if you want real southern fried chicken you know what you know you i love kfc buttermilk yeah, yeah. So i use... love i love the kernel yeah 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 so protein you know if you, you want to talk about like savory versus sweet if you're like you have a choice you either lose kfc or you lose ice cream forever I would say ice cream's got to go. Huh, that's I'm funny. Keeping, I'm I would, KFC. It's funny because I'd actually say the opposite because I don't. A KFC is not the best fried chicken place. We've talked about this enough on this podcast. It's Popeyes. Right, right, right. True. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fine. But if but if I was to loop them together, let's just say fried chicken or ice cream. Which one do you keep? <sighs> it's funny because I, I haven't had fried chicken in a long time. But a yeah, good but you piece want of fried them. chicken? Okay, let's, all right. Well, all right. Let's just say that. Let's say that all things equal, fried chicken is is now uh, vegan. <laughs> okay, fried I mean, chicken. ice cream as well, right? Ice cream. Would okay, have to well, be. That, yeah. I'm let's assume like I'll lose both of them. Yeah. All right. Let's assume they're both vegetarian. Okay. Right. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah, because eggs are eggs are vegetarian. They're just not sure. vegan, yep. right? Yeah. You yeah. don't harm a chicken if you get an organic. Whatever. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> Point is, an egg. When you eat a chicken egg, when you when you eat an egg from the grocery store, that was never going to be a chicken. Let's just no. call it what. It no, it is. wasn't. All right. It wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you. Dumb vegans. I got so many problems with vegan. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to get into this rant. <laughs> Ice cream versus fried chicken. Which one? One's got to go. Um. Yeah. I guess I'm not a giant ice cream person. So sadly, I'd have to. I'd have to get rid of ice cream. Banished. Ice yeah. cream. Gone. Chicken. You're safe for yeah. now. For now. Until next week's fried chicken or blank. <laughs> so all right so i made orange pancakes turns out buttermilk you could substitute one you can make your own buttermilk it's just like milk and lemon yep which is sure. weird and Fine. then the other option i looked it up different alternatives because i i swear to god man i went to four grocery stores i could find not find buttermilk, buttermilk. could That's not find buttermilk huh. could not find it and then i was looking at these substitutes and one of the substitutes plain yogurt okay plain yeah yogurt. sure so i used that and it was amazing because it added a really great texture to the batter. 
So <laughs> I'm just going to, I, one of these days I'll start to understand the workings of pancake batter and I will, and I will make the ultimate pancake batter. Are, are, is, is that your goal? Are you trying to perfect pancakes? No, Before but I feel the gears are turning in my brain as I'm making these things. And I really think so that because two weeks, the only reason I had this enormous jug of plain Fage, Fage, Fage how do you say that? Is it Fage? F-A-G-E. <laughs> it's a brand of yogurt. F-A-G-E. It's Fage or Fage or yeah. I'm not going to say Fage? the other pronounce. I'm not going to say the pronunciation with a hard G because I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to offend yeah. anybody. But anyway. That really changes the game because if you remember a few weeks ago when I made churro pancakes, I got some really shitty consistency out of Baye. those pancakes. Baye is the pronunciation, apparently. I hate it. But anyway, Baye. I had, um, yeah, whatever. It works. So I had this big tub of this. And if you remember a few weeks ago when I made that churro pancake recipe, I was like, the taste crushed it. Or maybe it was a cynic. No, it wasn't the churro recipes. It was the, um, oh man, it was the, uh, the cinnamon roll pancakes. Yeah. The consistency was awful. It was like so watery. I was like, what the fuck? What is this? So once you throw in this plane with this yogurt, it really makes it much thicker. It's like a thickening agent. It's a beautiful thing. So if I am going to create this ultimate pancake recipe, that's going to be a part of it. It's got to be, that's got to be a part of it. The meringue from the egg whites, that's got to be a part of it too. There's not a real modern pancake book. Maybe you should make this. You should go through extensively how to make the greatest pancakes. And you go through the story and you you got pictures and you just you should make this your passion project. Passion pancake passion project? The yeah. PPP? Yeah. I'd read it. If if I found out that some dude really went intensive of like what makes the perfect pancake. Yeah, there's not a real call, reason. Call up book. some chefs, be like, call up all these people who I made recipes with and be like, Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the deal? How do we do yeah. it? Am I close to the secret? And then you discover Pancake Jesus. Look at that. Or Pancake God. Pan Pancake Nirvana is what it would be. Yeah, the that's ultimate. It. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Talking about Nirvana. The ultimate piece. Is that a is that a good title for a book? Pancake Nirvana. Yeah, I'd read it. it. To come. Yeah. All right. All right. Look at that. Yeah, well, we you went- know what? I'll think about it. We went 20 minutes without talking about America falling apart. <laughs> well, that's, I wanted to have, so th- exactly. Yeah. So it was good. We, we start off light and we're, and let me say this, we're going to end light. Cause I've been, I've been playing a bunch of games lately. So I got some good media therapy and God damn it. We're going to need it. But we got, so the structure of this is going to be a little bit different. Not going to have, um, so the three stories for the news. Okay. One of them does include our reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. It has to, right? So there's three things on the board here, yep. and you could choose the order as usual. Yep. One of these you shared, something about a zookeeper in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I got a story about monkeys. Okay. okay. I don't know where they are. It's from sky.com, so I would assume it's from the, I mean, we'll figure it out when we get into it, but it's about monkeys all right and then the last story is what the fuck is happening in america so, so let's go through these let's where do you want to start let's leave that last because that's going to take right. a while well let's right. let's talk about the the animals first all right you want to start with the zookeeper or the let's monkeys? start with the zookeeper because i don't it might not be as long i've just got i've got questions about what's happening at zoos over the last two okay. months so so you sent this to me so why don't you 
give it a read. Absolutely. Unless you want me to. All right, do no, it. No, I will read it. Edu- so this educated. comes from this comes from the AP, my favorite and pretty much only news source. Because it's um, the although, only like it's non-biased. It's news. Again, right in your this face. article is like straight to the point, which is what I love. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's a beautiful All thing. Right. Headline: Sydney zookeeper critically mauled by two lions at shut Australia Zoo. So this That's is from Sydney, fine. the AP. Two lions mauled and critically injured a zookeeper inside their enclosure Friday at a closed Australian zoo. Emergency services were called to the Shallow Haven Zoo north of Sydney on Friday morning, where a 35-year-old woman suffered serious head and neck injuries, police and ambulance statements said. She was airlifted to a Sydney hospital and remains in critical condition. The zoo was closed to the public because of the coronavirus pandemic. Ambulance officer Faye Stockman described the attack as absolutely harrowing, added it was frightening to be the first to walk into the enclosure to treat the zookeeper. This is one of the worst jobs I've ever experienced, Stockman said in a statement. Police Detective Superintendent Greg Moore said the two male lions were secured shortly after and posed no further threat. He said it was too early in the investigation whether they said the lions would be killed, and that's what I want to talk about. Another zookeeper suffered a hand injury at the same zoo in 2014 when a crocodile dragged him into the water during a feeding show. So, Mm. Australia. Um... Yeah, you learn like nothing from Steve Irwin. I mean, he's your guy, right? And you kind of yeah. figured you'd stop. Like, look, man, I've watched Tiger King, right? I've, I saw it. I saw Joe Exotic. I watched it. It's, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> and the pro- again, I wonder what are the animals thinking during this virus because this is probably the most peace they've had in ever, right? Yeah, but the zoo's closed, so someone, like some poor. Yeah, some poor woman has to go in there and basically still feed these lions and treat them as if everything was fine. But they're very clear of just like, wait a minute, all these people that used to gawk at us, <laughs> you know, aren't showing up. Wherever to, this to go. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that the lions are feeling the same things that we're feeling as far as they are also sort of being quarantined because they're not having their daily sort of stimulus of being able to watch people and kids and all these things that they probably dream of eating? You know? Uh... You think that's what drives him? Like yeah, I'm, I'm at, wondering, looking at a it, bunch of snacks walking by the cage, like that's. I mean, <laughs> that's because, what you think is going on. Mm. Well, mm. again, I wonder, like, what are you going to do with zoos? Because like zoos financially can't be in a good spot, right? So like, who is going to? Oh, of course keep not. These? Yeah, like if anything, I would assume that if someone told me the zoo was closing because people aren't showing up to it, unless the zoo is publicly funded, and I would assume that some zoos are and some zoos aren't. Right. It probably depends on where you are of whether or not the government is going to say, hey, this is for the cultural development of our city. It's worth paying for the zoo. But like, what do you do if you're in a zoo? Are you like, again, do you just start killing these animals? Like something like this happens. I don't think so. No, if you at a zoo, you'd probably put them into. uh, Oh, Jesus. You would put them into. um, Sorry, I I said, oh, Jesus, because I was (laughs) I just looked up Bronx Zoo to see if it says anything about how it's doing. And one of the headlines is additional tigers, lions at Bronx Zoo test positive for SARS. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Jeez. It just doesn't stop. I don't know how they got there. How how did that get in there? What are they doing? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. They that feels like a good opportunity to do some creative stuff with webcams. Like, give me the give me the panda cam. I know you love pandas. So give me the panda cam or the red panda cam. Um, give me the Kiwi cam. Um, 
that that's one way to get money. I'd also think they'd probably take donations, kind of like a museum does. But you're right. There's some that is one of those things that needs people to exist. Yes. And without why would you have a zoo if people weren't there to view it? Like otherwise, you don't need zoos. Like put the put the lion back in Africa. Yeah, let him get killed by something else. Let him by kill Roger or or nature. <laughs> like either one. Yeah. I mean, but th- that's the thing. Right? I'm guessing that some Old of these age. lions. Like the sad thing is that there's more. I believe the stat from from Tiger King was that there were more tigers in the U.S. than in the wild. That is nuts. <laughs> that's crazy. Is absolutely right? crazy. Nuts. How many of those are in Wild Kingdom in uh, Disney? <laughs> Again, there's a lot of tigers. Gotta be there's a lot, lot of tigers in like the middle of Ohio than there are in like India, where tigers are natively from. <laughs> Makes so, sense. Yeah, like I don't like again. It's a sad story. A lot, a lot of big people in Ohio. You want to tempt them with some with some snacks. Yeah, you don't you don't want people to get injured by lions. And so I hope that she makes a full recovery. But it just made me wonder. Just like I'm surprised we don't hear more stories like this, given the fact that you got a piece too, because of... you don't have to rely on being fed by hand by random people walking by all the time. You actually be like, all right. You're just giving me normal food now. Yeah. Do you think you could ever have a zoo where humans don't need to really be involved? Like, do you ever think you can build a zoo that's autonomous in a way where, you know, machines feed them and you can get health checks based on, you know, other things like, you know, the Zoom version of a a zoo? Yeah, I think everything can be. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. This podcast (laughs) is going to, it's over right now. (laughs) I'm ending this fucking (laughs) Again, man. Look, then people, again, just, I would, I would say, I would say the same shit. I'm just mad you said it first. We're just, we're just, we're just stalling because we got to talk about some real serious stuff. So yeah, but I think have fun. <laughs> there's got to be, uh, yeah, zoos are just weird in general. I mean, we we read one of these things. What, like maybe every other month, we read a story about some uh, about some defiant zoo animal. Like, it, they're just not. It's almost as there. often as black people are being killed by police in the U.S. Oh, wait, sorry. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're not. Yeah, 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 we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're trying, like. <laughs> Oh my god. We're trying to get to like I think this could be one of these I've said it in another episode where I was like this virus is kind of like a a culling of some bad shit. Like I said button. it last I said it last week when I was like if this is the thing that brings down Putin. Well, this is the thing that it's also like, yeah, well, maybe maybe we don't need zoos. You know, your your yeah, life was just it, it fine before like a, zoos. Yeah. It's yeah, going to be it, just fine it, after zoos. Yeah, and every time something with is VR, yeah, you have with to VR and the way things are, you can you can digitize a panda and let the rest of them just live out in the wild. And you know what? If they suck and don't do anything and just sit there in their bamboo while they get ganked by a lion, then fuck it. They weren't meant to be there in the first place. That's I mean, it's kind of how I feel, right? Like I feel like if we're if we're having this like mass come to Jesus moment about the human existence because of this virus, I think we should maybe look at zoos as well. That's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you know, does this these lions are going through the coronavirus just as we are. And so maybe they're getting stressed out. Maybe they don't need to be in the cage in the first place. Maybe this is a perfect time to really reevaluate how we keep things in zoos. So that's all I'm saying. But at and the look, end of the I, day, I like it. how many, how many times, uh, let's be real. How many times can you bring a kid in a stroller to a mall? Sometimes you need a zoo, you know? Yeah. Look, and I'm, I'm not completely against zoos. It's just, I'm against keeping certain things in zoos. Like, I don't yeah. think we should keep in lions in zoos. Like that's just one of the, like, big cats, big cats, like big things that need lots of space to run around shouldn't be in zoos. But like, if you want to keep a lemur in a zoo, like whatever, those things breed like rabbits. It's fine. <laughs> Something like, that's not extinct. Yeah, or like, near again, extinct. like it's, yeah, or endangered. Like, I'll say that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. So, about. all right, with that, that's that's the story I wanted to bring. 
and it's regional to me, sort of. So cool. It's close enough, right? Got the hemisphere. Yeah, it's, close, right? it's close as I'm getting. <laughs> so yeah. well, then let's move to something that's far from both of us, shall we? Monkeys escape with COVID nineteen samples after attacking lab assistant. Oh God. <laughs> This is in the UK, by the way, reading from sky.com sky news in the UK. Here we go. Um, a gang. Oh my God. Any, any article that starts with the gang of monkeys. I don't care what comes after that. I'm, I'm in, (laughs) I'm in, I'm in a gang of monkeys attacked a laboratory assistant and escaped with a batch of coronavirus blood test samples. It has been reported. A bizarre incident saw the troop of primates of primates launch their assault near Meerut Medical College in Delhi, India. Oh, it's in India, not the UK. It's in India, okay. That that makes much more sense that there would be a gang of monkeys versus the UK. I don't know where the gangs of monkeys are roaming. <laughs> Out in London, <laughs> the outskirts. According to local media, the animals then snatched COVID-19 blood test samples that had been taken from three patients and fled. One of the monkeys was later spotted in a tree chewing one of the sample collection kits, the Times of India reported, adding that test samples from the patients had to be taken again. No shit. What What was the plan? (laughs) Oh, we got to get those back. (laughs) We got to test them. The undamaged kits were later recovered. The Merit Medical College Superintendent Diraj Raj told AFP. <laughs> wait, wait, what's his name? Diraj, Diraj Raj. Diraj Raj. Okay. It's like if you were to if you were to have a Indian name generator, that would definitely be like in the first sure. ten results. He added, "Quote: They were still intact, and we don't think there is any risk of contamination or spread." End quote. It is the latest example of the highly intelligent red-faced rhesus macaques. The cacks, the cat. What do we decide? How do you pronounce that again? Wait, are these the same monkeys that stole your gum? <laughs> no, those were those were not my monkeys. Those were uh, squirrel monkeys, I believe. Okay, okay, yeah, these are macaques. Red face. That's not how they're pronounced. We had another story about macaques. I don't remember, I don't remember what either. they were. What that was. I want to say it was the the monkey that took a selfie, and that yes, that thing. I think that was, was. a macaque. Yeah. Uh, taking advantage of India's nation. Oh my God, this is awesome. Taking advantage of India's nationwide lockdown to combat the spread of coronavirus. So, right. These monkeys are out there and they're, uh, they're taking over. They're the highly fit, intelligent, red faced rhesus macaques. Yeah. While, while they have proved an increasing problem in urban areas of the country in recent years, lockdown measures in the last two months are believed to have emboldened the monkeys. Reports have shown them congregating in parts of Delhi normally crowded with humans. The animals have adopted to live in close contact with people, and it is believed some groups have struggled in the absence of human food they have come to rely on. People have been advised not to feed the monkeys while the pandemic continues, with experts suggesting doing so cause the virus to mutate and infect primates. A senior biologist from the Tamil Nadu Forest Department previously warned that if this did happen, the mutated virus could have a devastating impact on primate species and other wildlife which prey on them. Quote, the point is, we have very little understanding of the virus, and it is better to limit our interactions with wildlife till there is more research done on its effect on non-human primates, primates and other animal species, end quote. Reports have previously emerged of the primates causing chaos in Delhi, snatching food and mobile telephones, breaking into homes, and terrorizing people in and around the Indian capital. 
They have colonized areas around the city's parliament and the sites of key ministries from the prime minister's office to the finance and defense ministries, scaring both civil servants and the public. Quote, very often they snatch food from people as they are walking, and sometimes they even tear files and documents by climbing in through the windows. And end quote, said Regina Sharma, a home ministry employee in 2018. That's it. That's the story. So these monkeys are taking over Delhi, and uh, there's they're stealing you, blood samples. Like, <laughs> like if if we all died because of a virus, the animals are going to be just fine. <laughs> oh yeah. But these guys, they're are they pl- not worried they're, about they're used them to sharing food. The virus? Yeah, are they not? Are they? They not just said they are. The yeah, that was part okay. of it. That's why they said don't feed these guys because yeah, you might sure. spread the virus. Yeah, because if one of them gets it and then they're asymptomatic and then they go to it's get over. food from somebody else, it's over. It's done. Yeah, it's over. And yeah, India's got a billion macaques, people in it. Like, yeah, like India's got a lot of people. India has a lot of people. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'd be worried. Um, but yeah, look, these, you know, they got most of them back, right? Just one guy kind of ate one and you just got to look out for him. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, true. Yeah, he just had a bl- Plus, you don't know if that sample is positive or negative. So, yeah, you have no idea. Your level of how much should I panic? This just happened today. This, this was reported today. So, um, I guess we should only panic if they monkey if that person did test positive, at which point we might have a problem. Yeah. So here's hoping they're fine. I thought it was a fun story. Monkeys taking over uh, Delhi. Um, good luck out there. Yeah. Try try not to be too ferocious. You know, don't be like those Thai, Thailand monkeys because everything about this sounds like the monkeys are they they they're like mischievous. You yes. know, like when you hear hear when you hear someone's mischievous. It's not immediately threatening. She's no. like, oh, he he likes to. Like they just cause trouble. Yeah, exactly. So you know they might steal a phone or two. Yeah, they're having they're, some. Otherwise, fun. yeah, they're cool. They're just messing around yeah, like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Mickey Mouse was a was a mischievous little mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like These again, they're, they're not like monkeys. the police in America. No, no, they're not. They're they're very much just you know they're just stealing a couple papers here and there. Yeah. What are they gonna do? Probably wipe their ass with them and throw them at you because yeah, that's sure. what they do. They're monkeys. Harmless. They can't help it. As far as we know, like this is these are the intelligent monkeys. These are the intelligent monkeys. Also, this is like dangerously similar to how like Planet of the Apes kind of starts, right? Yes, it's very similar where they we roll all that get, canister in there and then they get super smart. And then in the end, Caesar's leading an army. <laughs> so, were yeah. there? Uh, I don't think there were macaques in, uh, in Planet no. of the Apes, though. No, because they were apes, not monkeys. Difference. All right. Planet right. of the Apes, not Planet of the Macaques. I know I'm talking to. That's a very different movie. Although, although I'd watch that movie, <laughs> Planet <laughs> <I> of. Mean... <laughs> would you call it Planet of Macaques? <laughs> oh boy! All righty, we've we, we we've moved on. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, 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 let's talk about the news at hand here. We get 35 minutes of of fun. Nonsense, now we're going to talk about yeah. some serious stuff. Let's get let's get real. Let's get real. All right. Special guest Van Jones, join us. <laughs> Is Sorry. Van Jones did, has, has, has he appeared on TV? Oh hell yeah! I woke up okay. he was on TV. He was on W. Kamal Bell was on. Oh yeah, CNN rolled oh, yeah, out they, their they bring, greatest they bring hits. Out all of, of us, their, their greatest <laughs> hits of uh, of black correspondence. It was fantastic. I need my opinions from someone who's not John Berman. So they I need mean, to bring. I mean, I even saw Don Lemon on it one at like one p.m. U.S. Oh, time. Don Lemon was going. Late. <laughs> he, he was going. He, late he woke tomorrow. up ready. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I think Cuomo was supposed to have an extra. He was supposed to go to midnight last night because sometimes that'll happen. Yeah, but he did not. Instead, uh, D Lemon. Yeah, he kept yeah, the train Don rolling. Came. Yeah, exactly. Don, I'm surprised Don didn't hold up a sign. Okay, <laughs> like so let's <laughs> let's start here. Okay, oh, as man. as the as the white half of the show, I think I should take the first stab at what's happening here. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I want to hear your explanation. <laughs> what's going on in your country? Yeah. You said, yeah, so that's what you asked me. And I said, wait for it, wait for it. And this is what I'm going to say. We were on lockdown. I can tell you right now, it's been just over 10 weeks since I've been here in Jersey. Okay. So that's about the amount of time that the country's been on quote unquote lockdown. Sure. State started opening up a couple of weeks ago. And I tell you what, people couldn't get back to shooting people and killing black people. <laughs> we, we got back to that real fast. It took about two weeks. Two weeks. Once the beaches opened up in, uh, I think there was a shooting at Myrtle Beach. There's shootings in Georgia. There's, uh, there's, you know, we have, we're back to random civilians being shot because no, because people aren't just staying at home anymore. And then it did not take very long for the police to go out there and do some heinous shit like what we saw with George Floyd. So that's really my biggest observation, which is, all right, we're back to business as usual. Wonderful. And, uh, it's really uh it's really upsetting. Now I'm curious to know what what you hear about from from there in New Zealand. Like what tell me tell me how you are being brought up to speed here. I saw Minneapolis on fire one morning. <laughs> oh yeah, that happened like, last night. Yeah, they set the No, no, that happened two nights ago when they burned down oh, the yeah. auto zone and then looted the target. Oh yeah. And yeah. started to burn stuff up. So that's again, I've I heard about this, but again, I'm not really watching the news. So the sad thing is it's always like, okay, well look, this is America. This is what happens, right? <laughs> this is just what happens. Either you're jogging and a bunch of white dudes corner you off and kill you like what happened in Georgia. I believe that was Georgia. Um or yes, that was Yeah, that was yeah, interesting. Just think we've already forgotten up, yeah. about that. We've already forgotten yeah. about that. That happened. I mean, it took me a like second. Think, took me a second. Yeah, to think about that. I was like, "Oh, right, yeah." <laughs> so that's oh, one, right? And now, yeah, exactly. This is what I mean. And then the Minneapolis thing. And again, the sad thing is, this has been happening forever. Just now, there's video of it. Now there's proof. Yep. And so now, every single time something happens, a million people pull out their cell phone. And if you watch the video, it's one of the worst videos I've ever. I had to stop. I it's couldn't watch it. Awful. I turned it turned off. So it's terrible. Awful. It's awful. It's awful. And the fact that this dude just got arrested today. Like that just happened within the last, what, six hours that they were just they arrested. They've arrested one of them and there was four police officers against this one dude. This one dude who apparently had the police called on him because they said that he had given them a fake $20 bill. Right. Right. So fake $20 bill, which again, a lot of times people don't know that they actually have fake money. Right. Like a lot of times people, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be able to tell a real twenty bill twenty dollar bill from a fake one if I've just got a bunch of twenties out of a out of a register, for example, right? I hand you a twenty, you know, they put a the little thing to it, they they probably give me some stuff, and then they call the police and go, Hey, someone just gave us a fake twenty dollar bill. So you think normally what would happen is you'd have maybe two officers who come up, one that goes into the store and says, Hey, can you hand me the bill? The other one who goes, hey, can I just talk to you for a minute? And then, sure, if the guy gets belligerent or whatever, you try to have a conversation with him. But that's not what happened. In the video, basically, dude walks out of a store. He's a big guy, right? I would say he's probably about six, five, six, six. He's a big guy. 
These four police officers basically come out of here. They handcuff him. They don't even go into the store to talk to anybody. They basically handcuff the dude. They put him against the car. The next thing that you see from the other side of the video is there's three police officers on top of him. There's one guy on his neck, one guy on his back, and one guy on his legs. And the guy is basically screaming, hey, I can't breathe. Can you, like, I'm not resisting arrest. Can you just let me breathe? And the dude was like, let me just reemphasize. The guy had his knee on the guy's neck. And the guy says face down. And he is just like, yeah, it is. Awful, it's awful. Like you said, it's, awful. it's so awful. So anyways, you're watching. I'm kind of seeing this. I see the news happening. They've arrested this. And then people start to protest. Now, this is where I'm going to take a very controversial turn, right? Okay. Is this when you, uh, is this like Arlen? You're going to say how great the president is? No, there's there's, <laughs> there's there's two parts to this. Because I'm not even talking about the president. I'm just talking about the, the situation in Minneapolis. All right. I don't want to talk about the history and all this stuff. Because again, I feel like we talked about this before. We've been talking about the history of violence against black people for the last hundred years. And it's like, it's 2020 and we're just going to keep talking about it because no one's ever going to actually fix it unless. And the problem is, is that really the protests are always peaceful. And then what I've always noticed, if you watch the videos, there's always a couple of white people that sort of show up and start throwing stuff and start throwing bricks through windows. And then that sort of incites the crowd. And then it starts. Then the rioting starts. This happens because I think that there's there's a bit of an anarchist culture, yeah. just mostly with, and again, I'm going to say this with young people and specifically young white males who sort of want to watch the world burn. And so when there's a bunch of people outside protesting, you know, everyone, you know, at the police, all that stuff, that's that's across racial lines, really. That's just generally people don't like the police for all sorts of reasons. Black people have their reasons. White people probably have their reasons as well, just less of them. But it's just like, hey, it's the establishment, right? I'm anti-establishment. I'm anti-law. I'm anti-government. I'm just going to – I want to create chaos. So all of a sudden, riots and buildings started to burn. And, of course, you see everybody. You see black people, white people, kids, women, people getting free stuff because free stuff entices everybody. I don't care what color you are. If you can go into Target and take a TV and you've been like, man, I've needed a 50-inch TV. I'm going to run in here real quick and get me a 50-inch TV. That's not a black thing. But you think it's too small. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But again, this is this is this is what I've seen from overseas. So overseas, you see all of this and you're sort of I kind of go, okay, look, this is sort of what happens. My controversial take is I don't believe peaceful protesting actually works. The only way that I think you actually get the attention of people is that you actually start to burn things down. It's awful to say because they're burning down businesses of all types of people who have nothing to do with what happened on that street, right? Like you're burning down restaurants, you're burning down homes, you're burning down, you know, buildings that has nothing to do with the police or nothing to do with this one specific guy or these four specific guys or the institution of policing in America. But you're so upset that you're just like the. T- They need to hear us. So in order to hear us, I'm going to be as destructive as possible. And it works. It works. The world can see Minneapolis is on fire (laughs) because people are so upset that this guy has not been arrested. And then eventually someone goes, hey, we kind of have to arrest this dude because we can't keep having nights where they're going to burn the city down. So that's what I've seen from overseas. And I'm not surprised by any of it. Um, I personally have always thought that Every revolution I've always seen has always been extremely violent, and that's the only way you ever get serious change on anything, for better or for worse. 9-11, 
serious change happened. Why? Because it's the most violent act of terrorism that's ever happened in the U.S. on U.S. soil, right? Like people tend to take notice when the protest or the act of violence is to a point where you have to do something. Like I even see it here in New Zealand, right? Like were they ever going to really change whatever little gun culture was in this country? No. And then the attack on the mosque happens and instantly it changes. Same thing in Canada. Instantly it changes. Violence begets change. It's sad to say, but that's what we're seeing. I'm going to quote Dan Carlin. He does uh, hardcore history. He has another show, Common Sense, which pops up every so often. He he made a point about this earlier today, and he said it's kind of it's kind of interesting. And it says one thing to remember. This is just quoting from him. One thing to remember: the system, meaning any government system, can better deal with low with low level violent civil disorder than peaceful civil disobedience. Violence undercuts potential allies and gives ex- excuses and material from which to craft false equivalencies to current oppor- to current opponents. It also gives the government an excuse to crack down on those seeking redress of grievances under the law and order guise, and also the chance to gain from it politically for the same reason. People like law and order. So here's the here's the issue that I take, because I agree with him on that, which is mm-hmm. if you're going to take the road of violence, you are all of a sudden at a disadvantage in the eyes of the public. Because well, well, let me tell safe you this, and sound then. is one thing, yeah. but I and I get but, but again, it. you can I'll, go I, ahead. Yeah, again, I'm going to say, in any other circumstances, I would agree. But as Trump told black people at the time when he was asking for them to vote for him, what do you have to lose? Because I would say, as someone who's black and not in America, that's what it looks like. It looks like if you do this peacefully, if you do what Colin Kaepernick did, you take a knee, they'll still find a way to blame you. It doesn't matter. You can protest as peaceful as possible, and there will always be a group of people out there who say, well, they're thugs and they're this, and those sons of bitches should just get them off the field, and that's coming from the president. So peaceful protest from some of your most powerful leaders doesn't work either. It doesn't work. It didn't work with Martin. I mean, this is like, if you really want to go back in history, this fundamentally, and again, Martin Luther King said some things that were sort of like, hey, yeah, we should do this peacefully and we need to be unity. But Martin Luther King also had some stuff in there that would make most white people go, ooh, that's okay. That's a little militant. But that's pretty much between Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. That was pretty much, if you want to very basically, if you're telling this to a five-year-old, what was the difference between those two human beings? One was sort of this kumbaya peacefulness from a very basic level, from a kindergarten level. And the other one was sort of militant, was, hey, break into the establishment, become part of the establishment, and tear it down from within. If you need to if you need to take up arms and sit in the window with an AK-47 and shoot at those coming in the neighborhood, that's what you got to do. And so, again, I think if you're black, you're going to lose either way. If you peacefully protest, it doesn't get changed. This dude is not the first guy to be killed by the police within the last five years at all. So all the peaceful protesting that black people have been doing doesn't work. It hasn't worked at all. And violence isn't going to work either, really. Like, yeah, it's it gets the world to notice because that's what I'm saying this from an international perspective. This is, this is all over New Zealand news. Like, this is the headline of basically pictures of Minneapolis on fire. Well, they fire. basically lit a city on fire. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And the, the, city and the pictures fire. are awful. And it's not like the entire city, but you light a auto zone on fire. And then next thing you know, you're lighting a police station on fire. Yeah. That's going like, to turn. That's some pretty. And, and it's the fact that they just let it go. Yes. Oh, cause again, they you're just, just like, well, what are we going to do? But then again, this is why black people are in such a tough position. 
And why one of the things that I tell the other controversial take for me is just like, you know, black people, you don't have to live in America. As sad as it is, this this construct was not built for us. As sad as it is, it's not built for you. America's never been built for black people. So why would you expect them to change it now? They'll give you sort of these things that say, hey, yeah, 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 we're trying to make things equal. But it's very clear that you're not going to ever be able to completely change this. You've been fighting this battle for hundreds of years. And it's 2020. At what point do black people eventually just go, you know, I don't want to be part of this. And I, if you haven't reached that point now, I don't know when you will. Is this the most egregious offense or are they all? Because I would say one is not more bad than the other. It's well, just the most, like you said, the videotaping thing. You can yes, see it. The most more of a light on things. Well, the most egregious part of all of this is that you've pretty much given the, I mean, the president agrees with what's happening. That's the most egregious part is that the establishment is no longer afraid of pretending that they're trying to make things fair. They're telling you this is the way that it is. And if that's not a wake up call for the fact of, yeah, all the hope and change that Obama had maybe gave you some hope that there would be change. And then the very next thing that happens is that they pretty much elect the polar opposite. And I say they as in the establishment of white people in America, because overwhelmingly more white people voted for Trump than minorities. That's just facts. But what about Paris Denard? It's Diamond <laughs> and Silk. And again, they even toss Diamond and Silk to the side eventually. So yeah, again, it's it's real eye-opening watching it from overseas because you get the worst of it. Because again, I talk to people, and I know America's not all bad. I've looked at it, it's grew up, right? Plenty of places where people are, you know, where people try to be fair and they try to be multicultural and all these things. And then you actually leave America and realize that you don't have these problems, you know, the rest of the world has problems and there's racism everywhere. But specifically this to type of racism. different people. Yes, is specific, is very, very specific to America where there is sort of this overwhelming police brutality. I mean, you know, people keep saying the everything that I'm reading is basically like, yeah, in Michigan, you know, you're allowed to basically sit on the steps of the Capitol with, with you know, semi-automatic rifles yeah, dress as Pikachu. and protest and dress as Pikachu and the police don't do anything. This guy, you know, allegedly gives a fake $20 bill and he loses his life. Yeah, well, that happened. It was the guy in, what was it, the guy in New York who was choked out. That was another I can't breathe situation. Yep. And his his crime that deserved capital punishment was uh, was that he was selling loose cigarettes. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Because you never even, you can't even run that through the court system. The fact that the more egregious offense is that the punishment doesn't go through. And that's why they're pissed. It's like you pointed out, they weren't, they arrested one guy three days later. It's like, cool. What about the other three guys? And look, the they chances were literally are just they're watching overwhelmingly that he won't be convicted of like what murder. happens if somebody from the outside, be it black or white, whoever it is, someone who's videotaping this or who sees this happening and just like runs up and pushes that guy off of them. Like what happens? of the police? Oh, you'll, yeah. 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 yeah you'll, you'll, you'll lose your life. Yeah. You'll, they, you will lose your life. They will. They will kill you. They will kill you in the street and they'll most likely get away with it because that's, I think, the part like the Eric Garner stuff, which you talk about the guy in New York. Like there's like you look at these cases, it's oftentimes that they become acquitted. I mean, you can even look at Trayvon Martin. That guy's not even a police officer. And he was allowed to kill a 16 year old basically in the street and he was acquitted. 
So that's the overwhelming problem. It's not just so much that, one, you let the guy go home. Sure, you fired him, but then you let him sit at home for three days. When anyone else would have at least been arrested and held until they were until they were able to file charges. But this guy basically got to sleep at home for three nights. Yeah, we never even talked about the guys who you mentioned, the jogger. That was, again, another yeah, hit. That's the thing. Like, right, again, like it gets to the point where there's so much of it, you can't even really talk about it. And again, I guess for me, and people are always sort of surprised, I'm not surprised by any of this. This doesn't shock me or surprise me. What shocked me and surprised me this time is that, and again, maybe it's a bit of the coronavirus. Maybe it's a bit of, you know, the president now is sort of making things worse. And I think it's all of this stuff sort of created this powder keg where people were cooped up inside. They're already frustrated. They're not hearing what they need to hear. People are losing their jobs. People aren't able to work. And then you go kill this dude. And then it's like, I got nothing else to lose at this point. What else can you take from me? I'm going to go tear this city down. I'm going to be part of that. People are watching this on TV and they're watching people throw things through windows and targets and go, yeah, I want to go. It seems like we're at, it's time. It's time to actually go raise this city. Maybe we'll get some change. Maybe they're protesting everywhere. It's not just, it's not just there where it happened. Louisville, they had LA, uh, New York, New York. Yep. And again, this is just what, I mean, again, like for me, seeing the CNN news reporter, this dude this morning get arrested live on air, it's crazy shit. And how would they, I don't understand. So I, I like to think, I mean, look, you you know, I say some outlandish shit, right? But I like to think I have a, a kind of awareness of what's going on and that when I say those things, it's not usually... I don't think I've ever said something and anybody's been like truly offended by anything I've said. Sure. And if, and if I know someone's going to be offended, I'll dial it back. Like there is certainly a, a self-awareness, but people just somehow lack a self-awareness. Like you could have the most extreme measure of a, of Trump. who's just a fucking moron, right? Like you just got to call it what it is because something like this happens. And based on the last three years three and a half years that this dude's been in office he's going to be under the microscope microscope every single time something like this happens you expect him to say the wrong thing every single time the expectation is you're gonna say something stupid so you know that every opponent that you have every democrat every liberal cnn msnbc not fox of course but everybody is going to look at you and be like, what dumb fucking thing are you going to say now? How are you going to outdo calling Nazis good people this time? What are you going to say? And he always, like clock always says it. Does he it. Says it. He, he finds something. He does it. something you, up. <laughs> I've always said you could say nothing. If Trump said yeah. nothing, if he never tweeted, he would have a popularity of like, 70 percent 70 percent and that's if you said nothing all you had to say was nothing all you had to do was have your psychopath scriptwriter Stephen miller could have wrote something but then again he could have been the one who probably dug up that quote from i never even knew that line existed from like, the 60s it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> sound racist but i guess it's racist. but it is it just it, will, it just well, sounds really look at the quote of where ignorant. it came from it's completely racist and that's the right problem. so you can tell me about it but i want to i want to go back to this because this kind of encompasses some other things that are going on but before i before i get off just the other thing where it comes down to that self-awareness your cops you're you're literally arresting a black reporter on tv 
and it's live <laughs> on TV. Well, and he's you know telling why? you on press, I'm asking you, I can move. And your charges, you're in the way and you can't be shooting here. I literally said, I'll move on press. <laughs> no, we're going to arrest you. You dumb fucks. Like eh, there's so much stupidity. When that you, is ridiculous. When someone like Donald Trump, and it doesn't have to be Donald Trump. It could be anyone that sort of has these underlining ideals of how they're supposed to be living life, right? When you actually elect him, you remove all consequences for this behavior. It's been rewarded. They have rewarded white supremacy over the last three and a half years. It's been rewarded. Otherwise, no one is emboldened to do this. And it's real interesting because this was the fear of electing Obama of, oh, well, now Obama's going to go do all of this crazy, you know, he's going to give out reparations and he's going to do like all the nonsense that you heard. Again, none of that stuff came to fruition, but all the stuff that Trump talked about, about making America great again, let's go back to the 50s and 60s, the way things used to be. When we were at our greatest height of prosperity, what do you think we've returned to? That's what this is. You've returned to times of vigilante justice in Georgia where you can be a, where you can be three white dudes and you can chase down a black dude in the neighborhood and kill him. That's what it was in the 50s and 60s, and you were able to get away with it. And for the most part, if it wasn't for social media and if it wasn't for recording things, they would be getting away with it. That's the, that's the damning part about all of this is that if it wasn't for being able to push this stuff out into the world, because it's not just the U.S., it's the fact that I'm able to see this stuff in New Zealand, really. And it brings giant this giant upcry on Twitter and all these social media platforms that then emboldens people to go out there and raise their voice and say, hey, this is not right. If none of that stuff existed, they'd be getting away with this right now. They would be. That there's people who die all the time and, oh, well, uh, you know, I, I feared for my life and he was resisting arrest. And how many times have you heard that's that? Always the, that's always the excuse. Yeah. Again, and before there was no there's, there was no recording of any of this. So people go, well, yeah, maybe if he followed the, oh, he's been arrested before. Oh, he's these guys, they're bad people. Oh, yeah, you, I'm sure he'd, you know, we've got to believe the police officer. He's an upset. He's got a wife and kids. Do right? you know about the uh, the dog walker? I saw that video of the woman basically going, I'm going to call the police because the, the dude told her to put her dog on a leash, which is actually the law of your dog needs to be on a leash. And she goes, I'm going to tell them that I'm being harassed by an African-American man. And this is on video. Again, Again this, this is another example of people not taking their environment and other context into uh, into account to be like, maybe I shouldn't doing this. He's literally pointing a phone at me unless he had a gun behind that phone, which I doubt. You, this is going to come back and bite you in the ass. It's amazing that the only reason How? why we're seeing any of that was in New is, York. That was in New York, and th- that's what I mean. This isn't just oh, it's the South. This is also Minneapolis, right? This is Minnesota. This is about as far north as you can get for a major city. Yeah, that's not Canada. So look, I'm not surprised by any of this. I'm not surprised by the CNN reporter being arrested. When I'm sure there's a white reporter out there that nobody arrested. Right, it's the black guy with a mask on. He's sitting there showing press credentials. They don't talk to him at all. The video is him like, "Hey guys, yeah, just tell me where you want me to be. Tell tell us where you want to, where you want us to go." Yeah, it's silent. Do anything. It's silent. It's silence. Next thing like you know, six in the morning. Yes, there's two guys grabbing him. They grab his microphone. They're putting him under arrest. He goes, "Sir, why am I under arrest?" And they're recording all of this. The camera is rolling. And then, as they sort of shuffle the black guy off, the producer, who's a white guy, starts asking questions. And of course, they're probably like. Hey, arrest all of them because if we just arrest the black guy, it looks bad. 
So then they start to arrest the producer, and then the camera's still rolling this entire time. I know they arrest that's the, the crazy the part. Like, hey, can I put this thing, I, can, I need to put the camera down, and then you can arrest me. He puts the camera down, and they're literally showing him with the camera sort of turned on the side, getting arrested. And so, look, I'm not surprised by any of this. And there's a part of me that's like, yeah, you know, maybe you should burn down the city. Maybe they'll actually listen if you do, because again, peaceful protesting doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, so can you? So let me tie this in as well, because. Before this, there was a a kerfuffle, we'll call it, where Trump was flagged for on Twitter with their new, hey, this is actually um, not true tag. And he kind of lost his shit. And he, I think he signed an executive order about something about social it- media, which is crazy. They didn't actually release it and say what it does yet, as far as I know, but whatever. The point is, Twitter's been actually like flagging some of his things as being incorrect. So with this tweet that he posted earlier, it starts with, because it's a two-parter, one, I can't, this was 20 hours ago, so this was last night, I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city, Minneapolis, a total lack of leadership. Either the very weak, radical left mayor, Jacob Frey, get his act together. Either the very weak, radical left mayor, Jacob Frey, get his act together and bring the city under control, or I will send the National Guard and get the job done right, dot, dot, dot. The next part of the tweet is flagged by Twitter. This tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. So this is what the tweet said. These thugs all caps are dishonoring the memory of george floyd and i won't let that happen just spoke to governor tim waltz and told him that the military is with him all the way any difficulty and we will assume control but when the looting starts the shooting starts thank you explanation point so can you because i i seriously read i was like oh this is gonna be some bad shit and then i read that and i was like okay the thug thing is weird the looting and shooting is weird other than, I mean, they rhyme. So that's kind of fun, but at the same time, this doesn't seem like an appropriate tweet. I don't see the encouragement or glorifying violence, but I ask you to educate me. What's happening. I'm, I'm trying to figure out one where he got this tweet from, or so where we got this quote from who gave him this quote. Cause this quote, probably one, Stephen it, Miller, the psychopath. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, it's obscure that this is something that you would read like on an old right website of some dude who's a history buff and just goes, oh, well, you know, last, you know, this is the way we should be doing this in America is back in the 60s. There's a Miami police chief, Walter Henley, who said, you know, when he was talking about the, you know, when he was talking about dealing with with riots in Miami and talking about how to crack down on, on hoodlums in the slums, this is what he said. Like, that's like, why else would you bring this up? So I'll quickly read this. And this is, I just typed this in. This is an NBC News. Headley, who was the chief of police from Miami for 20 years, said that law enforcement was going after young hoodlums from 15 to 21 who had taken advantage of the civil rights campaign. We don't mind being accused of police brutality. You know who else had this, who had this mentality? Giuliani. This is how Giuliani cleaned up New York. That's how he cleaned up Times Square. It was a very similar, oh yeah, we'll get all the petty crime the young people who are out in the street in Times Square, we'll clean that up. This is where stop and frisk comes from. There's this type of stuff, right? Where it's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to handle, we're going to handle the small crime. We're going to handle the small thing. And if, you know, anyone gets out of line, we start shooting. So the rest of this quote is, there's only one way to handle looters and arsonists during a riot, and that is to shoot them on sight. I'll let the word filter down. 
When the looting starts, the shooting starts, Headley said, according to the New York Times report from 1970. On Friday afternoon, Trump tried to defend his remarks, tweeting, looting leads to shooting, and that's why a man was shot and killed in Minneapolis on Wednesday night. Or look at what happened just in Louisville when seven people shot. I don't want this to happen. And that's the expression put out last night means. That's not what it means. Here we what go. Hang on. Wait, it continues because I got the tweet in front of me. It was spoken as a fact, not a statement. It's very simple. Nobody should have any problem with this other than the haters and those looking to cause trouble on social media. Honor the memory of George Floyd, explanation point, of course. Can't tweet without an explanation point. And again, this comes from a, this comes from a police officer or a, a chief of police from the 60s who was saying that the civil rights marches were being you know, we're just sort of a, a disguise for letting young black men loot and riot. That's basically what he said of, yeah, yeah, these civil rights things, oh, it's all nonsense. They don't care about civil rights. They just want to loot and cause trouble. So if that's the case, I don't mind getting violent if this happens. So that's what I mean. Even if you peacefully protest, it's still seen as, oh, well, you're getting together in a crowd. Don't cause any trouble. You cause any trouble, we'll start shooting you. It's like, that's where it comes from. But again, who would hand him that? Some guy who's really a white supremacist who's going, you know how we handled this back in the 60s during the civil rights era, during Jim, Jim Crow? This is what we used to do. And so Trump doesn't know any of this. Trump's not a history buff. Trump doesn't know anything. He's an idiot. He's a puppet. And so someone keeps feeding him these lines to say this stupid stuff. And Trump puts it out of context and puts it in a way that then people obviously, because we have the internet now, can research and go, I've heard this before and go, oh, this is what he was referring to. And then he wonders why, oh, you know, there's a lot of good people out there on the other side too. <laughs> yeah. no, Look, that's... man, it's been, re- it's been rewarded. They've rewarded white supremacy. That's who you elected. Right? I this didn't. Country Three a, million a... people voted more for the other person. But and hey, again, it, when people know, say this is what the people voted for, eh, actually it's not. But again, but it's, but it's what enough people voted for. It's it, this isn't some fringe. This is the problem, right? We always want to say, oh, well, that's just the fringe Trump. So it's not the fringe. There's enough people underlining in America and in the government who believe this. And if they don't believe it, they're not telling you that they don't believe it either. They're not denouncing it. There's enough Republicans in the, in the Senate who haven't said anything, they're very quiet, who probably believe a lot of this, who believe this is how you actually get people under control. This is how you get minorities under control. So yeah, I don't, again, when you see this from the world, it makes America look terrifying. And are they wrong? Nah, I don't know if they're wrong anymore. It's who you voted for. Trump's your president. And there's a good chance he's going to win again. Would you... um like to change your opinion on the Joe Biden quote that we discussed last week. You heard me. I said, is he wrong? I think right now, if I was Joe, I'd say, ah? Am am, am I wrong? (laughs) Read the tweets. I don't think I'm wrong. And sure, black people, oh, Joe just thinks he's got our vote. Ah, He kind of (laughs) does. He kind of does. And Joe kind of knows it. Like, look, the other guy's a white supremacist, man. The problem is you can't, it's it's a two-party system at this point. It's not, yeah, you're going to get your third-party spoiler. Or yeah, you could really write in whoever you want, but it's Trump versus anyone else. And four years of Trump won't bring down the country and, and guide us to a civil war. But goddamn, man, like getting close, there man. Is, if, it, if, it gets really freaky. If you elect and, him again, 
if you elect him again, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that there was a civil war type of uprising. I wouldn't be surprised. Because why why would you? Because again, you are rewarding this behavior. And if you elect him again, it's been said this is the way that we want to go as a country. Because all the information is out there, right? You can say that maybe people didn't know enough about Trump or people didn't like whatever. You can come up with all these excuses of why he's currently president. Fine. Yeah. But now you got him for four years. So now everything's on the table. Everything. You've seen all of it. You've seen it. You've seen not only how he handles race relations, you've seen how he handles a pandemic. You see how he handles a financial crisis. Perfect. You see how he handles being impeached. You see how he handles, you know, criminal inquiries into not only him, but the people surrounding him. You see how he handles all of this. And if you elect him again, this is what the people want. This is what they want America to return to. Full stop, where they want to reward the behavior of basically tracking down black people in the streets and killing them. Yeah, my fear is that he's outvoted by the popular vote by like 10 plus million votes and he still wins because of the electoral college again and that's, that's still very possible the fact that that's even a possibility is amazing it's crazy it's crazy to even talk about this the fact that we haven't denounced this so yeah to me america like again if you see this from internationally it makes like I, people this is the end for me as far as america being any sort of you know you know leader of the free world like it's done like you're not like so America, I know, I know you were you were staying. I mean, you're in New Zealand already for a while, but you're you're basically done. This is it, last straw. I mean, you think? You tell, tell me why I shouldn't be. You can't really give me a good case of why you think living in America as an African American at this point is a good thing when you don't have to. Pizza. <laughs> Again, that's stuff I can get over. Pizza here, a little rough. Mexican food, a little rough. But you know what? I can go to Mexico or Italy. If I really want Mexican food or, or that's what I mean, like it, it's not this giant illusion of this melting pot where everyone is treated equally and fairly just isn't in America. It doesn't exist. And everywhere very, else has kind of adopted that. Yeah. Come over here. Like you can get kind of anything anywhere now. Countries aren't perfect, but they're also willing to sort of strive toward the fact of like denouncing this type of stuff. Cause trust me, there's racism in New Zealand. But people quickly and swiftly denounce it when it when it comes up. Like you see the people who sort of have like some of these America type signs. There's like three of them. And everyone's like, you're an idiot. Like, go home. This is an America. Cinder you're- Dern's not coming out being like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. This is great. They're they're expressing their free white <laughs> privilege or something. Yeah, shit like that. See that. Like, that's just not happening. And it doesn't happen in most other countries. I'm going to say most. Because sure, you have your Philippines and your Brazils and those types of countries, but most Western country where I would say that, you know, colonialism is the reason why white people are sort of the majority in power. You don't, again, right? Racism exists, but you don't see this. This is something completely different from your standard. Oh, the brown people are bad or the brown people, you know, you can't trust them. Like that's, that's, this is something else. This is, we're past that point. Um, and we're at the point now where people are burning cities down. Um, because that's what it takes to listen. And I think most people at this point are like, you know what? Yeah, I'm all for peaceful protesting, but I'm not going to stop these people. Yeah. If that's what it takes to actually get someone to actually realize that, Hey, your president's a racist. Then, then we, we've got a problem. Then you've got to start burning the stuff down. You've got to start actually realizing the establishment needs to change. Like policing in America needs a complete overhaul. It does. It's broken. It's fundamentally broken the way that you, the way that you handle crime in the streets of America. It just is. 
And if no one's actually willing to look at the fact of like, well, why have we militarized our own private, you know, our own local police force? We've basically in general, why is, why is the default to any sort of, oh man, I feel threatened. Why, why is it ever the default to kill somebody? That's the, again, this is ingrained. the root problem in all this stuff, which is like. Ingrained in America. It's ingrained. It's not even so, again, like. He's handcuffed. What's he going to do? Run away? Push him over. Like, what's what's he going to do? Look at other cultures. Like, again, you look at New Zealand, plenty of fights. Look at the UK, plenty of people get outside in the street and fight and they're drunk, but you don't have people out there just senselessly killing each other and specifically killing minorities and quite frankly, getting away with it. That's the thing is that they're getting away with it. Those other three police officers are most likely going to get away with this where you'll get the one guy who's got his knee on his neck and sure, you'll drag him through the mud, but he wasn't alone. Those other dudes didn't stop him. Those other dudes didn't grab him and say, hey, buddy, get off his neck, right? Like that's all it takes is one one of the other guys to go. Hey, he's done. We're done. We're done. He's he's handcuffed. He's done. Like, hey, well, let's put him in the back of the car and be done. You don't need to do that, right? They had four guys, and all it took was one dude with a bit of morality to go. Hi, this isn't how we do this. That's a systematic problem, and policing is broken. And are we ever going to fix that? No, because your president just said, "I'll do whatever needs to be done to get the city under control." And whatever needs to be done to get the city under control is killing a bunch of people. That's what he said. So when the looting starts, the shooting starts. So look, is it going to end? Like, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I mean, it's what? It's now about nine o'clock East Coast time. I believe Minneapolis is on central time, maybe mountain time, but I'm going to say central time. So, I mean, again. an hour behind, I think. Yeah. So is this going to keep going? Who knows, right? You arrested one guy, but the other three police officers haven't been arrested. You've charged the one dude with, you know, third degree murder, second degree manslaughter. Um, and again, you pretty much did that because you, you had to, because yeah. if you didn't, people were going to go out there and keep burning things down. They just were. Which is crazy gonna... that that's what it took. That's what it took to arrest this dude who was on film. It, it, it took them breaking into the police station, the police having to free the precinct and then lighting it on fire. How crazy is that in America? This, this isn't in a favela in Brazil, <laughs> Right. This isn't in some, you know, American ideal of a third world, as Trump said, a shithole country. That's not what this is. This is this is Minneapolis, like where you get like feet of snow. <laughs> this isn't Haiti. This isn't the Dominican Republic. This isn't Scar. like it's not. It sounds like something from Scarface. It's nuts. And it's in Minneapolis. And that's what it took to get this dude to be just arrested. Like he wasn't even arrested. He was sitting at home. They were guarding his house. So, yeah, look, I don't, yeah, like, again, I just tell black people, you don't have to live through that, man. You don't have to. There's other places in the world you can live. Oh, it's my home. Is it, though? Like, has it ever really been your home? Has it ever really been your religion? Has it ever really been yours? Like, like they've let you play around in it, right? And they've let you make some money under the system, but it's not built for you. They not built any of this crap for you. Or even with the ideal that, yeah, we know it's unfair, we're going to try and correct it. Like, this isn't built for black people, and it shows for the fact that it's really hard. You can still kill black people in the street and you don't really get in trouble for it. Yeah. It's depressing. I got it. Is. It's super nothing depressing. else I could add. It's- no, it's super depressing. It's super depressing. So, but I'm not surprised by it. Um, but yeah, I, I hate to say it, but you know, if burning down a couple of buildings, cause buildings can be replaced, right? Target's going to be fine. They had to close their 24 stores in the meantime because I believe Target is headquartered in Minneapolis. 
And Target has always been sort of, again, it's a, it's a big corporation, right? So they, of course, give to the police and they give to the firefighters. They give to the, you know, emergency services because that's what you do when you're a big corporation, right? Um, so, yeah, people are like, yeah, Target's part of the problem. So guilty by association. You're around the police station. We're going to burn you down, too. Um, so, yeah, like Target can be replaced. The goods that they got from overseas can be replaced. You'll never be able to replace this dude's life who basically died for what? At the worst, he died for a fake $20 bill. Yeah. No justice. No justice. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, right, look at that. We, we, again, we had 30 minutes of fun and then 30 minutes of this. <laughs> so, yeah, Jesus Christ. That's heavy stuff. But no, it's a good conversation. It's just like some things just make you feel helpless. And that's like the worst feeling you could possibly have, right? Like, I don't, I don't usually, I don't get stressed about most things because, like things like work and stuff like that. If it's within my control, I'm not going to get stressed over it because if there's any reason why it's not going to be done, it's my own damn fault. Right. But it's when things happen and there's things outside of your control where that's when you start, that's when I personally would start feeling overwhelmed and start being like, Oh, I just, you know, that that's when things start weighing on you. And this is one of these things where you see it and you're like, Oh my God. It's like, there's literally, you feel like there's nothing that can be done. Well, so again, this- it, it's a it's a strong reaction. Yeah. Like you don't have to be there; you could leave. And it's like shit. If that if it's not going to change, and we're going to keep you know empowering this shit, then maybe maybe you're right. Who am I to disagree with you? I'm not. I I can never relate to that to your worldview. It's impossible. Yeah. Again, and this is a worldview that again a lot of black people don't have because they don't know any better. You don't know, and you just think this is the way that it is. And that's the real sad thing is that then you just sort of end up getting raised in a system that tells you this is the way that it is. Don't walk into the store with your hands in your pockets because you're going to think you're stealing something. You know, oh, you know, when you get pulled over, put your hand on the steering wheel. Don't touch anything. You know, announce every single thing that you're doing. Expect the worst. Expect that you might die. Like, who wants to raise people? Who wants to live in that? Like, why should you have to live in that world? Why? It's crazy to say, but that's the truth. That's this. You have a choice. You can do whatever you want to with your life. And you don't have to die because of a fake $20 bill. Like if you have an option of, hey, that's a possibility in your world, or you can just not deal with that. You can deal with other problems. And it's like, that's what people really got to start thinking about. And again, I say this, like if Trump gets reelected and you aren't willing to really have that serious mental discussion, then you're okay with what's happening. You're okay with it because it hasn't affected you enough, right? Like, oh, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Like, this, it's again, it sounds like domestic abuse. Oh, you know, he shouts at me every once in a while, and, you know, he only choked me once, but for the most part, he treats me really nice. Like, that's what it is. Like, that, <laughs> that's exactly what we're explaining here. Like, anyone else, you tell them, hey, they shouldn't be putting their hands on you. They shouldn't be yelling. They shouldn't treat you this way. You don't have to live in the house like that. Yeah. And I say it's the same thing for minorities. You don't have to live in a world like that. Do you think they could get, what is that called if you're like fleeing a nation? because of um yeah like can they leave and like under the i mean look if like yeah look i'm coming out of refugee look they're gonna kill black people if this thing starts a real civil war then yeah like if they're if you're in a war zone and whatever the the you know the united world you know the un classifies as a war zone right like you could and again I, i mean would you at this point would you be surprised if something like that happened given what's happened this year I wouldn't be surprised. Who would ever think that we'd shut down the we'd shut down the world because of a virus? I wouldn't have been able to guess that. Not to this level. No. 
So yeah, I think all, you- all bets are off, but I think that you'd sooner see, I'd sooner think you'd see a, like people departing the country or like a more, maybe not an explicit end to the country, but being like, look, we don't disagree. This is now, if Trump wins again and he loses the popular vote, it's like, look, you have 60% of the country that completely disagree with what you're saying and everything like that. You want, you people want to want to have that fine because yeah, we might have, everybody has a difference of opinion. Nobody thinks the exact same on everything. That's just the way it is. But in this case, you are, we have 60% of people who vehemently disagree with almost everything that comes out of your mouth and your toxic bullshit that got that that comes along with it that we can't we can't subscribe to this for another 40 years and we have 10 million plus more people who say who say fuck no to that so here's what we're gonna do we are going to have basically our coalitions of states on the east coast we're getting in the northeast we're gonna have our coalition of states on the west coast and we're just and they are going to subscribe to their hippie stuff on the west coast we're going to subscribe to our globalist stuff on the northeast and you can do whatever the hell you want in the middle in florida like do your thing we are still the united states whatever that means but your jurisdiction only comes so far and our jurisdiction only goes so far so we don't have to play by your rules and your supreme court and all your other stuff you want to you want to have no abortions cool we need it we want it it's right we're doing it you want to do that in the middle cool we're gonna we're gonna do this over here and if you if, have a problem look, with that, fight us. If 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 Trump There's wins again, more of us. If, 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 if Trump wins again, all bets are off, man. I really believe yeah. that. I think we've reached that point where like it's so obvious to so many of us that's like this dude can't be your president. Like this something's wrong that we haven't denounced this, like from a universal thing. But like, look, I don't agree with the liberals and the Democrats about a lot of stuff, but yeah, that's wrong. Right. Like that's kind of all you're looking for. Like, look, Mitch McConnell, fine. Yeah, have your ideals exactly. and your beliefs, but like denounce some of this. Like you gotta yeah, kind of go the like most egregious look, is this uh yes. the social media thing. He's what yes. he's like, oh, you can't do that, you can't do this. It's like, where are the Republicans? This is literally anti-capitalist. Yes. You are literally yes. trying to control a private company. Yep. And honestly, this is where I agree with Republicans. This is yeah, this is again, a really this good is, ideal, which is, is like the they should be yeah, able to do whatever the, the fuck they want. Yes. And and that's the point, though, is that if you really look at true Republican ideals, they would be denouncing a lot of the stuff that's going on. And that's the problem where it's like, no, you actually you're you have lost the way of your party because your true party, true conservatives and true Republicans don't believe in the stuff that's happening. And the fact that none of those people have sort of come up within inside of the government. Again, people, Mitt Romney, there's people who have kind of raised their hand and been like, I don't agree with this. Yeah. But like a Rick dude Wilson, like Mitch McConnell. Follow Rick again, Wilson on Twitter. It's awesome. There's there's enough guys who, you know, 20 years ago, if you would have asked them this, would have been like, hell no. And they can say, look, I hate Nancy Pelosi. I hate Chuck Schumer. I hate them. I like well, whatever, right? Like with the whatever the strongest words they can use of I don't agree with them. I dislike them as people. They've got the wrong idea of what this country needs to be. But is Trump really your answer? Do you really believe in this stuff? And I'm starting to believe, yes, they do. And if that's the case, then like it's it's all bets are off, man. Like anything is possible. And it's sad it's to say that it's yeah. They, they believe in money. They believe in winning. And they're damn good at it, unfortunately. But you're getting to the point where even he can't win with money. Like you're you're at the precipice of this thing might fall apart because this guy is such an idiot. And the things that he say are actually financially damaging. The way that you've handled this virus is financially crippling. Well, obviously not, because the market's rebounding. 
Again, and the market is and they're the now, people who benefit. The long, one in every four Americans is unemployed right now. Who gives a shit? I got mine. <laughs> that's the that's the reaction. That's it. It is. He's just going to keep bragging about the stock market. Yes. But think about the people we're talking about. Do you think anybody that is out there on those streets now? Do you think anybody who's out there protesting ever made a dime off of the stock market? The way these yeah, people I, have. No, not the way they have. No, no, no. Again, there's probably people out there with 401ks or yeah, whatever. Exactly. But, but you not think, you think the, anybody's you looking have, at that thirty k yeah. number and being like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling, it. I'm really making a ton." Or to of the money. level where you've got no. like millions of dollars within a single company or corporation, where it's like, "Hey, I need to lobby for guns because I own, you know, I own stock in Smith and Wesson." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that type, or my my cousins on the board of of whatever. Like again, it's that type of level. Do you think anybody stuff. got out of oil futures because they saw the, the yeah. writing on the yeah. wall when this thing was happening? No. Yeah. Not oil. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah that's what crashed yeah, yeah, when they were when it was in the yep. negatives. No, yeah, how negative. many of those people really yeah. sweated that shit? No, because they didn't yeah. know what the fuck was going on. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody thinks about Nobody that. Cares. They just get gas to fill up their car. Yeah. So look, if and you're by they, and, by the yeah. way, I'm looping myself in that same group. I'm not making anything off of the stock market other than what's in my 401k and yeah. whatnot. I should, probably should be, and I, I'm probably in a position more than most where I can. Right, but I don't because I just, I just, I don't know why. Because I don't. <laughs> well, because again, time wise, and again, it's like you're never going to make to the point of of the what they're making and the lobbying of it. Yeah. And again, it, it's removing sort of the ethics and what it takes to be a human being out of oh, all absolutely of that stuff. Then that's what it comes down to. That that's the biggest issue. Is there's no there's no humanity to what Trump does when he says Nazis are good people. Like when, when he's tweeting this stuff, it goes back to what I've well, said before. It's like, yeah. everybody's looking at you. If you said nothing or literally just, it's not even like you're in front of a camera saying something off the hip. You type it, you hit enter. Someone else can read it. You could <laughs> like you, it's all on you. It's like a take home test. And, and like you said, you, he you're could not, just do you're nothing. not under the he gun. Could do nothing. Like, he could do nothing and it would still be better than what he's doing now. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and they just be like, "Wow, he's that really stoic, quiet president." Yeah, <laughs> so or like, like, yeah, when he gets he in front of a microphone, he's kind of a disaster. But you know, look, he, you know, he's got people around him. But now it's he like, didn't no, say he anything. Doesn't. But the yeah. economy's pretty good, so I guess yeah. it's fine. It's not like yeah. he's just inciting, inciting rage and division. It's just, it's yeah, awful, like he's man. inciting police gross. brutality. Like it's, it is, it's, it's all it feels gross. gross. And, again, and 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 most people you talk to, I've never spoke to anybody who's like, yeah, I like, I like what they say. I like what they say. It, it, it's always it's more of a deflection. If I ever talk to anybody who is a Trump person, they'll always be like, "What oh, did you see?" Like they'll just talk about a Democrat who did something. It's like, okay, yeah. It well, like, it's, it's the whole like, what the about thing. these and people? I, what about and these my answer? To, and my answer people? to them is like, yeah, yeah, that's bad. And okay, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, it's like it's all bad. Yeah, Can like you, it's you want to agree with me now? I'm not saying you're wrong. Did I say you're wrong? No. Can you? Do you are you disagreeing with what I just said? Are they equal? Probably not. We can agree that both things are bad. You know, it, it's bad if someone if someone murders somebody. That's bad. If someone punches somebody in the face. It's bad. That's not equal. They're both bad. One is more bad, and you can't just say, "Yeah, he murdered him," but that guy punched somebody in the face. You're like, well, "Wait a minute, something's something's wrong here." Look, if if Trump wins again, it's over. Like we're done. I'm serious. Like we're like we're done. America as a country is pretty much done. Like the whole ideals, the American dream, all however you want to say what America is, right? When you ask of you know a, a kid what America is, that's done. 
I would want to know what if comes you elect next. him again. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not for the better, at least not in the short term. Again, everything's a pendulum, and we have shifted pretty hard to the other side. So maybe this is what you need to actually break this thing. Um, because again, I, you don't think it could get worse. You don't think he could say more stupid stuff. And like you said, he always finds a way and we're getting to the point where if you elect him for another four years, you're going to break this thing. It's already pretty close to being broken when you're burning down cities, like you're burning down, you know, cars. Like I'm looking now, like, yep. You know, the white white house has been locked down because people in DC sort of stormed the gate. There's a car on fire in Atlanta. Like it's people. It's not just Minneapolis. You can't just go. It's one city. People everywhere have said, well, they're doing it. We need to do it, too. And if you elect him again, it's over. Like if you elect him again, I believe that you'll have riots in the streets. I really do. I think we're at that point. Yeah. And look, I would even maybe even argue if he doesn't win, you could say the same thing for the other side. Like, we've reached that point where it's become so divisive that even if Biden wins and the other side wins, would you be surprised to see alt-right people in the streets with their guns? I wouldn't be. I don't know. They'll say it was rigged because he'll say it was rigged. He was saying it was rigged even when he won. <laughs> so he's probably, yeah, he's setting it up so that it can happen. It's, yeah, well, you're you're right. Yeah, so it, like from a personal lose. standpoint, from a personal standpoint, I'm going to stay away from America for a while. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I'll Stay maybe away. I'll take a maybe I'll take a trip in November. Yeah, like I just you know like let's see where this goes the next couple of years and just ah, stay away. Yeah, the Great American Experiment, right? That's what they call it. Ooh, you know we were a long way from putting tea in the harbor. <laughs> that's, <all laughs> that's where it started. I mean, we we're founded on violence, so it makes sense that we go out. Again, look, man, the whole history is violent. All of America's history is is super violent. It's all of it is. It's all built through basically revolutions. And I mean, look, I mean, most of the world is built that way. France is built that way. They were beheading, you know, they were beheading the monarchy in the streets. Like that's, that's kind of what human history is. Most things that are built, I mean, World War II, how do you think you got the Japan of today with the weird robots and stuff? Like, where do you think you got that from? It's by dropping two basically nuclear bombs on giant cities. Like, otherwise, what would Japan be if you didn't do, like, again, that's just, it's the way the world is built. It's built through violence and killing of people. And it's awful to say, and you don't want people to die, but I think there's a bit of night and, you know, people being naive and we can do this. No, you can't do anything peacefully. That's not our history. Our history is not to make massive change, massive change where you get rid of trillionaires, where Jeff Bezos can't exist, right? Because that's basically what we're asking. Like, we're asking for you to change the entire establishment. And you think you're going to do that by just having some nice chats about it? with these people no they're gonna die for what they believe in which is their right to do this to other people so it's bad to say but this is kind of where we're headed well that's quite an uplifting uh you know. <laughs> all right we did we did now we're not an hour, we're not, so. we're, not en- we're not ending on that no we need we, need, we need media therapy we need yes. it all right so we're gonna do it all right let's start with some question all right Speaking of which, real, real quick before you do that, Billions is back on. So Paul Giamatti's oh. vehicle. I really with, should uh, watch this show. Billions is good. It's a little. It's got its moments where it's a little far fetched and jokey. Isn't there like some uh, some S and M stuff in there? Yeah, he's a he's a Someone's sadomasochist. That. That's his. Cool. That's Paul Giamatti's. That's the the character arc of how he sort of deals with this. And he's you know also I was the, looking for a show that I could relate to a main character. Yeah, so, he's uh, also maybe, a federal prosecutor, it. and it's like it's it's this whole sort of thing between this billionaire, you know, basically hedge fund, you know, investor tycoon and 
the you know the southern district of new york's basically deals with wall street finance crime um so yeah that's paul giamatti's you know that's his that's his thing he's the co-star between him and um the the british dude from the (laughs) band of brothers i always call i always call him brody but yeah and from band of brothers i always remember him from band of brothers yeah because he was in the he was in the show with claire danes running around um for the first couple of seasons home front yeah yeah homeland 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 that was it yeah home front home front was a video um, game yeah, it was a video game. I played them both. Don't know why, but I did. Oh, no, I only played the first one. I did not play the second one. I heard it was trash. All right. Well, here's the question. In 2007, the movie Shoot 'em Up came out. Yes. It starred Monica Bellucci, Clive Owen, and Paul Giamatti. Yep. From youngest to oldest, Go. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say Clive Owen is the oldest. Okay. Then I'm going to go Paul Giamatti. And then I'm going to go Monica Bellucci. Okay. You are one for three. Oh, wow. Do you want to guess which one? (laughs) Clive Owen. Yeah. Clive Owen is the oldest. 55 years old, born October yeah. 3rd, 1964. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. I knew he was mid-50s. He's a good-looking guy, but he's mid-50s. Oh, actually, I was wrong. Sorry, I screwed this up. You were wrong on all of them. Okay. <laughs> My bad. I can't. I <sighs> fucked up. Um, so, Monica Bellucci is the oldest. Really? I'm born surprised se- by that. September 30th, 1964. Wow. She's basically the same age as Clive Owen. She was born a month, uh, actually, like a few... Oh my god, that's like four days prior. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you gave me a you gave me a tough one there. That's pretty. Clive Clive Owen, October third, nineteen sixty four. Okay, yeah, that's like days apart. Yeah, and the youngest, Paul Giamatti, who's <laughs> wow. three years younger. Than wow, Paul Giamatti. I mean, man, Paul. Paul is. <laughs> He's such a great actor. It's just, I guess he's it's just the, the hair. Love it. It is. He's great. He's just, it's just the hair. Like he just, for whatever reason, he just, man, it's Paul, the just, roles. Just, it's the roles. Age, it is. It's the roles. It's, he just ages poorly. He just aged poorly. How old do you think Paul Giamatti was when he was, when he was in Sideways? <sighs> he's got to be 30s, right? Like, yeah, that's 30s. the thing. He, yeah. He's in his 30s, but he, he played like he looked like he was age. in his 40s. He looked like he's yeah. again, I guess that's a good thing, right? He'll be able to look like he's in his mid 40s probably for the next like 10 years, right? Like between his 30s and his 60s, he's always going to be like that mid to late 40s, maybe 50s guy, and he's looked like that for the forever. Yeah, look up Paul Giamatti in American Splendor. Just look at that. Well, just I, I I don't I don't know what a young Paul Giamatti looks like. <laughs> like that's the problem. He's always looked like Paul Giamatti looks now. Yeah, pretty like, much. Is there a young picture of him with like a bunch of like a bunch of hair? Like him as a teenager? Like if you look, I just typed in Paul Giamatti and I go to images and it looks like it's the same. Even like a young Paul Giamatti, he's a little bigger, right? A little heftier. He looks he looks like he does now. <laughs> he just looks the same. Yeah. Him and got, Romeo and Juliet. It looks like Paul Giamatti now with a wig. <laughs> like it's he was just, in Romeo and Juliet? Yes. I didn't realize he was in 12 Years a Slave. Who was he? Who was he in that? I mean, who guess? <laughs> he was a slave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. I'm looking at these images and he just looks 
he just he was in a movie called Singles where he was the kissing man. So I'm gonna look up that Paul Giamatti. It's just really funny because even a young Paul Giamatti looks like he looks like Woody Allen. Like from 2011, like like look at this image from him from 2011. Like you, I would say this is Paul Giamatti now with a wig on. Like again, it just looks. It doesn't. He looks the same. Like a young Paul Giamatti looks like, um, like Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah, he does. This is what I'm gonna look like in 20 years. <laughs> I mean, this is 2011, it's, right? So that's it's, it's early 40s. That's, that's, all right, so that's me. Yeah, yeah 44 in 2011. So, like, yeah, Paul, I mean, man, Paul, like, oh, you got to, I mean, look, he's very successful. He's living his life. And I said, be Paul Giamatti. He looks pretty good. He just, he's crushing he's it. And I same. don't know if I've said it before, but Paul Giamatti, you are always welcome to uh, to join us on the show. I will welcome <laughs> yeah. you in, with open arms. Love to have you. <sighs> love to have you. Uh, love to have Don Lemon. Who would be like, if you if you had one one guest you want on this show, who would it be? I don't know. Let me think about let, let, let's answer that next next episode. Let me think about that a bit. Okay, cool. All right. Cuz yeah, cuz I don't know if Don Lemon would he would he would sort of steamroll us. <laughs> and there be I'd, like you'd I'd, be stepping I'd, over I'd him with it. the pregnant pauses and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, you weren't done. Right? Sorry. Like, sorry, Don. Yeah, exactly. Like oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Don. Sorry. Yeah, man, even a young Paul Giamatti looks like he's 50. <laughs> That's why the game's so fun because yeah. it's so ambiguous. Yeah, I'm just looking at the, all these old pictures of Paul Giamatti and he's just He's always the same. So I guess if there's one good thing, like he's always looked the same, even for the last 20 years. So in a way, he's looking great. Like if you look the same way at 50 that you did at 30, like Tom Cruise, you just started at a different point. But the fact that you sustained and you never got worse because he should be like kind of a dumpy Christopher Plummer right now, right? Yeah. Like that. that's what you would imagine the trajectory when you saw him in Sideways 20 years ago. But he's he's still the same guy. I'm just looking for a picture of him like when he was 18 and I just can't like he's kind of always looked the same even like early 30s. I'm like, yeah, it looks like Paul email us email us some headshots <laughs> back in the day early headshots. How did you get the kissing man? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's a thespian. He's a good actor. So that's true. It's a great actor. I can't wait. He's, he really has to become we, we should write a script that's like taken but for Paul Giamatti. You know, guys, yeah. you know, people. Yeah, now you do. We can oh, do he it. was in Big Big Fat Liar 2002. Yeah, he was with Frankie Muniz. He stole a script. I don't know why, but I know that. <laughs> I know that movie. Oh, but like even this image, it looks like Paul Giamatti now with like a bit of a, he kind of looks like, yeah, you are going to look like this. <laughs> He's got <laughs> my haircut to you. That's why I gravitate yeah. towards him. I mean, my favorite Paul really, Giamatti I mean, movie, by the way, is uh, Win Win. So if nobody's seen it, you got to see it. It's, it's the best. It's, yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, I'm gonna see this image, and it's like I could see this being this being you. I mean, the facial hair is rough, but I mean, you've got a lot of similarity with. Paul you've Giamatti. seen the you've seen my facial hair now. It's yeah, yeah. You look like you're in witness protection. <laughs> <laughs> I just see this. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that. I mean, that could be you. I need to be more. This is like a little more Italian looking than. Uh, than yeah, it is. It's a little more Italian. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, like the next image with the leather coat and the yeah. It's just real. <laughs> give me a leather jacket and uh and kind of that oh this is interesting he looks really young in this yeah he's like all blue like, he looks like a smurf like yeah but again i could just hear the voice like it's still because you look at this picture from above and he's balding like paul giamatti was probably bald at 20 yeah oh he's blue right that's what happened in, in uh big fat liar he turned blue yeah. i do remember that i don't know why frankie muniz man anyway 
what did so uh i got i got some games i've been playing but fun anything you want to talk about first no animal crossing has slowed down a bit um because you've reached that point in the game where you've done so much stuff and you're just like well i'm just kind of waiting for the next month when you give me new stuff um so yeah maybe picking up some XCOM. yeah i don't know media has been pretty quiet it's kind of gone back to normal again you've been able to go out and do stuff so all right that's true you're not still yeah, in lockdown. not as much well, staying inside as uh yeah i've still been doing uh my supernatural vr workout thanks that's been cool um i had i've started playing tetris effect because that came to oculus quest so i had it on ps4 but i got that when i didn't have vr so i wasn't that into it it was good it's a great game don't get me wrong but i started playing it on the quest now and vr tetris sounds ridiculous but it's amazing it's really cool because it's like these it's done by the same guy who did res so it's got all these um it's got a lot of music elements to it each level is a song it's like luminous as well you remember that game yeah you know luminous you love luminous yes yeah so it's the same idea where it's still tetris gameplay but everything you're doing is adding to the beat. And when you get to Tetris, it like really amps up the music and sound. And there's these crazy visualization effects going on in the background, which will change. It's uh, it's like Tetris on an acid trip. And it's it's everything I'd want in a Tetris game. So I highly recommend that. It's really, really well done and fantastic. VR or not, it's a great game. But there's an added level with VR that's just like, and I just mean a level of immersion, not like an actual stage. Um, which just brings you into the experience way more than you would ever imagine because it's Tetris at the end of the day, but Tetris is time. Te- Tetris is a perfect game. So adding this stuff that just makes it even better is kind of insane to think about, but yeah, Tetris effect. Check it out. Cool. Yeah, cool. Um, I've been playing doom doom eternal, which is just absolutely insane i thought for a while that i was getting that i was getting worse at games and i might be but doom is making me question that because this is a game that everybody's like this is the hardest thing ever it's so hard it's so hard it's so hard you got to put it on easy mode and even that's really hard and i plan it on normal and yeah it's hard but i'm getting through it i love it it's really smooth really fluid there are some really gross gory kills where i'm like oh that made me wince (laughs) um Like that's yeah yeah but it is it's wild to think about how far the you know one of the oldest first person shooters has come the fact that you went from doom one to doom two in the 90s to doom three which was like a revolution in graphics but also more of a survival horror than a true like run and gun first person shooter and then they rebooted this thing in 2016 to make this insane fast paced heavy metal this whole rip and tear mentality where you're getting like up in these demons faces and just like literally ripping them apart <laughs> that's with these glory kills and it just felt perfect from a gameplay perspective and it's just be like doom three whatever <laughs> no and it's not even from the original id it's from um oh god i'm blanking on the name right now but the game is incredible like it's really really well yeah. done I recommend it. If you got the stomach for it, it's great. And it's just, there's no other first person shooter like it. So in a genre that it's not as the, the genre is not as saturated as it was say in like the 360 era where every other game is a first person shooter. Yeah. But this is definitely a unique take 
on the genre. And ev- even from 2016, because I played that, I actually played that on my Switch. I played the 2016 Doom, and it was still great to play, even at like half speed. Right. But this is just amps up everything even further. And the amount of mechanics that they weave in is is pretty impressive because you're constantly running out of health. So you have to go in for these up close and personal kills to get health. And then if you shoot something with a flamethrower and you kill them, that's how you're getting armor. And you and since ammo is limited, you have to get ammo by killing things with a chainsaw. (laughs) So it's always encouraging you to stay in the fight and be creative in how you get around and what you do like the and that's why it's so unique because the pot, the hide and pop and shot thing doesn't necessarily work at all in this game because you're going to run out of ammo or you're just going to get killed because everything is just like way overpowered but that's the point and the other thing that it does really well because i was thinking about this for a while is i often get stuck in this kind of hoarding mentality in games where you get the rocket launcher you get this like really powerful weapon and you never use it because you're like i'm gonna need it later i'm gonna need it later i'm gonna use it when i need it you know it happens in rpgs as well where i'll end with like ton of these like super healing potions because i just didn't want to use them now because i'm gonna need them i'm gonna use them when i need them. i'm gonna use them when i'm needed and then by the end of it i never really used them <laughs> so you're just spamming the last boss with these things like oh i guess this is the end so i'll then i'll start using these things that i've hoarded up for the game instead of actually using them and having fun with them doom makes you use every single gun in your arsenal without guilt because all the ammo is as disposable as the other except for the bfg but the rest of it is, you know, you're always going to be replenishing. You're always going to be running out. So if you're going to use that base shotgun, you're going to run out of ammo for that, like immediately. So then you go to the next one. Then you're going to run out of ammo for that. So you go to the next one. And no matter what, you're going to have to go in to get that ammo. So I've never seen a mechanic like this where it forces you to use um, whatever gun you want without guilt. I want to use the rocket launcher. Go use the rocket launcher. That ammo is equal to the shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> they put a hook shot on a shotgun. In this game. <laughs> right? It is insane. They there is some shit in this game. I can't even explain it. Oh, it's beautiful, by the way. The graphics are fantastic. It's really well done. I I've kind of I, I don't want to say lost interest, but shooters have become kind of a guilty pleasure for me. Um, and I'll explain that with the last game I've been playing, why like these are the games I've been enjoying the most. But this is one of these this thing that's like it's basically a cartoon like it is so over the top the shit that they do the story beats and there is one story beat in this game where i'm like are they gonna really yeah all right and they acknowledge that you're doing something completely crazy the biggest problem i have with this game is that it's it gets a too far away from its self-awareness and gets its head a bit far up its ass with the amount of collectibles. Thank God it's all relegated to collectibles and not just boring you with uh, all this lore that they want to tell you because they're really trying to build up this world. But I just don't give a shit, man. Like, I I don't. I don't. It's like there's the plot is pretty straightforward. There's three demons are taking over Earth. Kill three hell priests to stop them. That's the story. And then it's going to take you for all these wacky places, man. I don't do i care what doom guy is or where he comes from not really no 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 i didn't identify with him with the 15 hours of the first game why would i identify with him why why would me identifying with this nameless white dude who's this buff guy in a in a suit of armor why why would i start caring about who he is now i don't i don't so um but the gameplay is absolutely phenomenal it's really really well done so 
I highly okay. recommend it. Okay, yeah. So check it out. I will. Um, and the last game I started playing, so it's a big week for games. Um, of course, we got the Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Remastered came out today, so I'm going to be picking that up. Um, and obviously, all the 2K games came out on Switch, XCOM 2, Borderlands, all those games, um, the Bioshock Collection. You know, those are I've played all of those except for XCOM. I'm not really too interested in that one. Um, something else came yeah, out. That's Tuesday, what I'm interested or- in, and I'm just interested on how good that port is um, because, yeah, it's always the ports are always tricky. But yeah, um, and that's a game that I heard struggled on like xbox and ps4 because yeah, i played it on pc and it See. worked pretty well but yeah again i haven't played it on on any other device other than a pc game because xcom was always pc to me yeah but we'll see um but i had to bump all of that for shantae and the seven sirens are you familiar with the series no idea okay shantae is a series by way forward they are masters of um 2d platformers i'm gonna say okay and they and they've carved out a profit uh a, a niche in uh metroidvanias but their art is fantastic they're um, yep, i'm looking at it now it's cool feel great to play and this is no exception i this was one i want to say it was kickstarted but maybe i'm wrong it's it's been developed looks like a kickstarter for, game yeah it looks cool but it looks like i could totally see someone pitching this to me on kickstarter yeah well it's it's the um just looking up to see if I'm right about the Kickstarter. No, I'm not. Uh, it wasn't Kickstarted. Um, Half Genie Hero, I think, was Kickstarted. I want to say they did, but this is this is like the fifth in their uh, in their series. Start on Game Boy Color. So I'm looking at this on Wikipedia right now. I mean, it's showing me Shantae, Shantae's Risky's Revenge, Shantae and the Pirates Curse, Shantae Half Genie Hero, which is the last one, and then this one, um, Shantae and the Seven Sirens, and. I've played it for about two hours last night, started playing it. It's when it came out. And this game's awesome. It is beautiful. It feels fantastic. Like two the most critical thing to any sort of platformer is the feel. And they absolutely nailed it. The art is great. The characters are great. It it's got a really great uh sense of sense of humor, personality, self-awareness all of that stuff. It's unique in the way that it does its special abilities. Like you, you get your abilities through dancing. <laughs> and I mean, the fact that the, the fact that your main weapon is your hair is pretty. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 You attack by whipping, uh, whipping your hair at, uh, at enemies. It, it's, it's fantastic. I, I really don't have enough good things to say about it. And it's funny cause it's the really the antithesis of doom in that <laughs> doom is dark, gritty violent ripping apart yeah, demons very vibrant this, lots of colors and this you're playing as this purple haired genie <laughs> whipping people with your hair transforming into animals like there's a funny line where the, the premise of this game is like everybody's gathered to this island like he's gathered all the half genies so that's what you are and um and you're talking to this one of them and she's like so yeah she's like i'm i'm like clairvoyant i do all this stuff what do you do she's like um I kind of dance and transform. And she's like, oh, that's cool. Like a key to unlock doors. Cause that's a thing that's in the game. She's like, huh? Never really thought about that. Usually I just kind of turn into a monkey, <laughs> which is, which is an actual thing that you've transformed into in previous games. But that's what it is. You transform into these different animals that'll give you abilities to traverse the world and find your secrets as most Castlevanias do. Does it revolutionize the formula? No, absolutely not. If you're looking for this kind of game, it does. It, it 
you're going to get it and you're going to get it really well. It's like it, it's genre executed to perfection as far as I could see. So I, I do highly recommend it. it well, again, um, this is probably what most people wish Mega Man would eventually sort of turn into, right? Because that's the one game, whatever that game was that the dude had tried to kickstart, um, where you get a real vibrant art style. Well, yeah, whatever. I I remember that they kickstarted it. It might have come out. Yeah, Hero Number Nine or whatever it was. Mighty Number Nine. Yeah, Mighty Number Nine. Yeah, sorry. Hated um, it. yeah, again, but again, but that's kind of what you're looking at here. Like it's a very similar vibe of that type of platform. It looks cool though. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Twenty five bucks. It's actually uh, it's part of Apple Arcade. Could have played it on Apple Arcade because I do pay for that. But Switch, it just feels perfect in handheld mode. It looks it looks awesome. It runs great. Uh, yeah, don't, don't have enough, uh, good things to say about it. I love the series, love the game so far. Hopefully it holds up. It doesn't hold your hand. It doesn't, it doesn't punish you too much. It just, it just feels right. And yeah, I'm excited, excited to play more. And after playing the last platformer game I played was, uh, ukulele and the impossible air. And that game never really quite clicked with me. It felt like a, uh, it just felt too floaty and imprecise, which for a platformer is just death so even though i did make it through that game it just never quite clicked with me this one from the jump you feel it's it's perfect it's really, yeah, really this, this seems more like your type of style anyways like the art all of it seems like you'd be interested in something like that well i like it. i love a good platformer because i but even i played through like new super mario brothers you on the on the switch when that came out and i like a good 2d mario game but it just didn't quite feel right even for the world it was trying to build and which is very strange for a Mario game, which always nails it. But this does it. This is really great. And if there is any Mega Man fan listening, I who the hell knows? I doubt it. But um, I don't think they want a game like this. This is they like what they had before. You go through, you fight yeah. a boss, you get the power. Yeah, there's sure. this puzzle and extreme challenge to it. And that's what a Mega Man game is. Mega Man fans love nine to ten. Love it. Um, or eight and nine. What was the one that came out recently? Was it Mega Man 11? I should just check my. Uh, this is for my own sake. No one else gives a shit. Uh, yeah, it was 11. Yeah, okay. So nine and 10 came out and they were based. They looked like the NES games. 11 came out. It was somewhat divisive. People liked it. But uh, when I hear from personalities that I listen to who are big Mega Man fans, they were like, it's good. Not great. They prefer the that classic 8-bit style. Sure. Uh, and I'm personally a big Mega Man X fan. That was the series that that I was into. Yeah, I was a Mega Man fan as a kid, but now it's like me. Whatever. It's just tough. If you're not, if you don't want yeah, that, those games were hard. The, old, the old school punishment is very different than, you know, like a Doom punishment. Yes. I mean, that's what a lot of people are going to say about XCOM as well, right? That game can get brutal the way that it sort of punishes you that I'm sure you know, people who play the original XCOM don't feel so happy about the new one because the new ones are a little easier. So really? Yeah. I hear, I hear that about the, the difficulty of the, of the second one and the permadeath is a big thing that is known. for. Yeah. Yeah. XCOM is brutal, which is kind of some of the fun of it. Like you really have to make the choice again. You basically roll the dice and it's like, you miss a shot that's supposed to be perfect and then it decimates your entire team. <laughs> yeah. That's upsetting. That's why I stick to uh, the like Mario Rabbids. That's more my jam. <laughs> Give me that version of XCOM. Yep. Because you're not gonna cool. 
I, I get the, you're you're not killing off Peach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Peach is never to return. <laughs> yeah, Peach is dead. Oh my. Yeah. God. Oh, have you seen the? Uh, speaking of Peach, have you seen the video for uh, or the trailer for Paper Mario and the Origami? I have King. What do you think of that? Uh, again, I I never I was never a big Paper Mario fan. Um, but that was also before yeah. the time that I actually played RPGs. Yeah, again, it's it's cool, but again, I'm just not a like it doesn't it doesn't do much for me. What do you um, think of the art style? It's cool. I like it. It's different. Um, but it's yeah. Again, I think uh, what I like about the Switch is that it's sort of look. Nintendo always gets ragged on for like graphics, right? But it seems like they're very creatively giving you stylistic games versus just trying to push pixels in your face. And I've noticed that consistently with just Switch games have done a very good job. I mean, like Animal Crossing is another good example. Like it's a it's a technically intensive game, but I wouldn't say that the art style is going to be some next gen Unreal Engine, you know, demo thing. Right. Where that's how I felt about the Paper Mario stuff. Like it's cool. Um, It's a really good use of a system that's not as powerful to still give you vibrant colors and the looks of things. I just don't care much about Paper Mario. So Wind Waker is one of the best looking games that's ever come out. And it came out in 2003. And if yeah. you go back and play that game, it it looks just as good as it did back then. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good play point. Like any other yeah. game from 2003, it will not hold up. Look at Prince of yeah. Persia. You can tell me it looks as good now as it did back then. No, it did not. I mean, Beyond it's a good point. Able, yeah. Kinda. It's a good point that shows you like art style has got nothing to do with graphical power. Like if you do it correctly, it doesn't matter how strong your system is. If you do it correctly, like you said, Wind Waker is a good example because that game still looks great. Oh, yeah. My uh, probably my favorite Zelda game. There's one point in that game that is an absolute drag, but everything else more than makes up for it. It's got one of the most ridiculous endings where spoiler alert, you literally stab Ganon in the head. (laughs) It's like, holy shit, like a game that ends. And the music, the soundtrack to that game is another level compared to every other one of them it's yeah. uh it's awesome so yeah i want i'm waiting for that man because they they did an hd port to wii u and i have no idea where that is on switch because you know they're ready to roll with that thing absolutely yeah any minute they'll just absolutely. announce it like bam it's out so anyway we're uh we're approaching two hours here i think the, uh, for a, for a nice pun on the wind waker thing the the wind is starting to uh leave our sails here so yes um uh, We'll wrap this thing up. Uh, that was two hours of needed of needed levity and seriousness. So, indeed, I'd say this is the perfect episode. So you're welcome. Might be, might be per- perfect one. If you've Sorry, made it this far, then it definitely is. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry to add. To, if your backlog of podcasts is anything like mine, I apologize for the two hour podcast, but not really because we said shit that needed to be said. Um, he's abroad.com. You can see all the links. Subscribe rate us on itunes um follow follow us on twitter facebook all that stuff and uh you know again just if you ever pass a stranger on the street or when the subways open up better yet and you're sitting next to somebody and you don't have to feel bad about sitting next to them because social distancing has been has been uh, lifted you know but but you're still wearing the mask just like lower your mask turn to their ear and if they're wearing headphones, you know, just like take it out and be like, he's a broad podcast. Subscribe. Five star reviews. You, this is this is Jason telling you to do this. I'm not telling you to do any of this. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. 
but you don't have to. These are just some methods, you know. If if you have another suggestion of how you should tell people uh, about this podcast, then uh, you know, let me know and I'll say it. And uh, I take a creative about it. We're talking about the story you did and how you got somebody else to listen to it. I'll hear it. I'll read it, and uh, and we'll have fun together. All right. Until that point, this podcast is over.